everybody, and Hello. welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. And what what is this show about, Jordan? This show, I think it exists to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. That is why we exist. Cool. Great. And um, we are starting a brand new series today. Yes. Kind of. Yes, we are. But also, it's also part of a MPU series. Yeah, because last year... We covered kind of the conglomerate that is Batman. Mm-hmm. And we thought, what if there was something we could do that was a little more personal in regards to an actor? Yeah. So as you know, listener, but Matt may not know because none of these episodes <laughs> have come out yet, we have already recorded Bill and Ted and The Matrix. And now, you know, two weeks ago, the three of us at some point saw... The Matrix Resurrections. I'm assuming that it ruled and we all loved it. And then <laughs> here we are. It's January and we're talking John Wick, the third trilogy that is Keanu Reeves, which is our greater series. And we're here with Matt Stormageddon. Hello, hi. Matt. Hi, hi. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, it was a pleasure having both of you on Screen Snark. I'm super stoked that Rachel connected all of us. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm really happy to be here. Uh, I I love the show. I love this idea of following an actor through his career. You know, uh, I'm a fan of the Keanu Pod. May mm-hmm. it rest in peace, since it hasn't been around much lately. Hopefully, it'll come yeah. back. Uh, but like, I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan, and I've been a champion of his even through the quiet years. And so, nice. like. It's fun to see this renaissance and like, you know, when we get into the movie a bit, I can share my backstory with John Wick. But like, I didn't actually see the John Wick movies when they came out in theaters. I yeah. missed them initially. And I came back around to them, funnily enough, because Rachel's mom was on Screen Snark and recommended them so highly. Oh, nice. What? <laughs> That's cool. And, and so my spouse and I, I guess I'll tell it now, my spouse and I love schlocky action movies. Like we love Atomic Blonde. We love... Mm-hmm. You know, like we watch all of those, not schlocky, but like like just over the top ridiculous action mm-hmm. movies. And so like when I heard the pitch for these, I was like, oh, this sounds like exactly our ish. I, we have to watch these. And mm-hmm. of course, I was very much right. And uh, I rewatched it today and was just again blown away like it was my first time watching it. Like I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to chat about this film. This is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. This this movie, it's just kind of wild. And I think it marks I mean we've seen it a little because this came out in 2014 mm-hmm. and at this point to you know so we have for our listeners you know we we did matrix Resur- or you know ugh, what am i trying to say we went know. we went matrix 2003 and then of course last week we talked about the one that just came out but there's this whole gap where the taken and born version of filming action sequences takes over and yep. in born impossible well, yeah, but Mission Impossible is more in this vein. Oh, long of the shots times they came out. Oh, great got it, choreography, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. stunts. Right. That one kind of keeps things going along. We will cover it one day, folks. But we're gearing up because that's a lot of Tom. Yeah. And we love Tom. <laughs> we're and those episodes Tom. are going to be too long. Yeah. Um, but it feels like John Wick 2014 is is a nexus point that we will be able to look back to in 20 years and go, oh, that's when people started changing the way they filmed action and started going back to longer shots. Yeah. That's my prediction slash what I think we've seen in the past seven years. Did you see this in theaters, Micah? I did not. Um, yes, I. so this movie came out, and I 
really didn't have any affinity toward Keanu Reeves. I have to be honest here. I, I didn't dislike him or anything. It just wasn't. Right. He didn't take up a lot of space for me. And so I didn't see the movie. Saw you know on IMDb, I was seeing that you know it was getting good reviews and it was highly rated. But I was like, yeah, whatever. It's probably just you know like a Liam Neeson directed video kind mm-hmm. of movie. That's yeah. what I assumed. And then John Wick Chapter Two comes out, and I was in Ecuador mm-hmm. with Anatomy of Frank, and they're recording their album, and I'm jumping in on a couple of things and a lot of downtime, and. That's when John Wick Chapter 2 came out, and I saw that it was getting, like, crazy high reviews. And so I thought, you know what? I It's on Netflix. Let me watch it on my iPhone 5. <laughs> so many of the first time that you've seen movies are on tiny screens. Yeah, there's this weird period of my life of, like, three years where I had I an iPhone. I think it's longer than three years, man. Because well, you like... had that small TV in your bedroom growing up, and then you had a portable DVD player. Well, no, that that was not my portable DVD yeah, but player, you but I did watched, borrow it. You still watched <laughs> Spectacles on that. I know, I know. But it, honestly, it was a different time. Come on. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I have it on my little iPhone, and I, you know, like go to sleep or something, get it downloaded, and then the next day <laughs> I watch it, and I was like, that was pretty dang cool. And then, you know, I'll get into it next week, but then I had a whole experience with Chapter 2, and then it was a pretty instantly like, okay, I am a John Wick man. We we hold up John Wick in this household, you know. <laughs> but that was my first experience with it. Okay. But since then, you know, we got the we got the Blu-ray, we got the 4K. Even though we don't even, no, you're no longer watching it on your phone. Yeah, we're good. I've made up for it. I've atoned. Good. <laughs> what about you though? First time. So my experience with John Wick is, I remember seeing trailers and thinking. Oh, whatever. It's Keanu. He sucks. Because growing up, uh, my dad does not like Keanu. Mm -hmm. It's like he's a terrible actor. He's stiff. Whatever. I did not grow up up watching Bill and Ted. I did not grow up watching Point Break. So not until my like adult life, I'm finally watching Keanu things. And it's like he is amazing. And then I think a little bit too when the trailers came out for John Wick, it's just like, I don't know. I don't really care about action. I, I don't yeah. dislike it, but it's just like whatever. And then Th- this is uh, for the listeners of the show. This is definitely in Jordan and I snob phase, film snob phase. Definitely. 2014. That is ripe for like. We no, I really only watch Paul Thomas Anderson we're only movies. A little bit less annoying now. <laughs> yeah, probably. But still love Paul Thomas Anderson. I think obviously, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you, Micah, told me about this movie because you watched it, and you were probably texting me about it while you were in Ecuador. And yeah. I don't remember if I watched it by myself or with you, but I watched it pretty soon after your recommendation. And it's like, oh, no, this is awesome. This is like I, so good. No, I actually kind of remember it differently. I didn't I, like I, it? No, no, I'm starting to remember that I think we we put these movies on our registry, right? Oh, <laughs> did we get it for our wedding? No, no, we didn't. Oh, okay. We didn't. We had we got some, Spider-Man for our wedding. We got the Spider-Man trilogy, yeah. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, no, so your brother gave us John Wick. Yeah. And I don't think you'd seen it yet. No. And then, so this is after we were married, and then um, we had extra leftover money from like a gift card from our wedding, and we bought chapter two. Yeah, not things we might have needed, just movies. Yeah, yeah, and I think at the time you were kind of like, okay, 
because you hadn't seen them. And then I was like, we the next like Saturday, we, yeah, we, we did a double feature. We did. And That's by right. the end of it, you were like hooping and hollering. <laughs> yeah, it, I probably was doing a lot of fist pumps. Uh, <laughs> and then I feel like this also was, I, I can't remember exactly when I watched Mich- Mission Impossible, but it was with you and I know that. But yeah. Mission Impossible is also like, I never watched those growing up because my dad doesn't like Tom Cruise. My dad's very influential in my life, obviously. <laughs> and then you... Both just objectively wrong opinions. I know. And you were raving <laughs> <Yes>. about those. <laughs> and I finally watched those. I'm like, oh, action can be fun. Yes. Yeah. And John Wick yeah. was a big reason for that. Like, oh, it can be fun. Yeah. So since then, it's like, I might choose an action movie over maybe a dramatic movie these days. Yeah. The, the funniest that was very thing. Long-winded. The funniest thing about the trilogy for us is like, I think we recorded that episode with Rachel's mom right after the third one had like hit theaters, right? And she had just seen it. Oh, so. Okay. And so, wow. And so we watched one and two back to back on like Amazon or whatever streaming service we were able to buy them on. And like, then we were like, all right, great. We'll go see it in the theaters. And it was like, we took just long enough that the third one was out of theaters already. And so we had oh. to wait. Oh like another handful of months till it came to and it's like pretty much as soon as it came to uh-huh. streaming it was like date night we were like me and my spouse watched it like we couldn't wait um but yeah i mean i was absolutely blown away by it the first time i watched it and i've only watched it a few times since but mm-hmm. like every time it's it's a roller coaster uh, yeah. yeah so i'm i'm really excited to be your entry guest into <laughs> into this yes. franchise yeah, so you said earlier that you were a fan of Keanu through the the silent era, as yeah. you dubbed it. Or I yeah. think you used a different term. But um, So since we have brought Keanu up to 2003, would you mind filling in the gaps as someone who was following him and still enjoying him? Sure. I mean, I don't know that I was actually like necessarily seeking out his movies, but like, okay, I of course, I of course saw this. I saw Speed, and I saw you know like his yeah. big blockbusters. You know, I don't think I saw um, Bram Stoker's Dracula in theaters. I think I was still too much of a wuss then. One might argue I still am now. I don't really like scary <laughs> movies mostly, yeah. um, but like I loved the Bill and Ted movies. I mm-hmm. loved Point Break. I loved. Um, Johnny Mnemonic. I have a such a soft spot for that terrible movie. In fact, uh, if you li- not to plug my stuff too early, but if you listen to Screen Snark, my TV and movie podcast that these folks have lovely, lo- lovingly graced their presence with us um, on our very special cyberpunk episode that we did with Patrick H. Willems, where we talked about Johnny Mnemonic. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that the, the hotel, like I want hookers and cocaine, like that yelling speech is yeah. shades of early John Wick. Like if you watch when he's angry in that oh. scene and you watch when he's angry in this movie, you uh-huh. see that character, especially in the second and third wow. movies when he gets really angry. And so like, but I've always really, and you know, and of course I loved the matrix, although it's funny, the matrix I didn't see in theaters. Yeah. I saw the matrix on DVD after it came out of theaters. Cause a friend of mine was like a sci-fi nerd and I, I've always been a sci-fi nerd, but for whatever reason that, movie just kind of passed me by mm-hmm. he, he was like you have to watch it like you absolutely do and of course i fell in love with it and and then mm-hmm. saw the others yeah like i i saw all of kiana's hits and then like more re- more recent years like things got quiet for a while you know who's doing john wick but beyond that he hadn't been doing a ton of other things and then started branching out again and like always be my maybe when he made like this comedy renaissance return and now of course has since done 
you know, face the music and all of this other been yeah. in the SpongeBob movie, like been in all this stuff. And like, I always knew Keanu while he could be wooden was an incredibly diverse actor. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like this is the first movie of the modern era where we really get to see it. I mean, we're not, we haven't broken down the plot yet, but like the first 20 minutes is almost meditative in how yeah. the kind yeah. of actor he is. Yeah, I know. Uh, so like when we get to that, like I have so many comments just cause I watched this, today so it would be fresh and like i just i have a lot of thoughts about his acting specifically in this let alone all the other incredible actors and actresses in this well yeah it's it's so nuts because i yeah i grew up knowing him as like he's kind of like a goof was kind of his his uh uh reputation like when you watch him in something it's like oh boy he's in this yeah but going back and i mean he's unbelievable in matrix and yep. then I think John Wick really, I mean, for everybody, this this moment, especially after chapter two, and then the year chapter three comes out, it's like this moment where everyone says, no, we love John Wick. He's officially like the golden standard. He's, yep. and anytime he's in anything, it's it's like an event and yeah. we love yeah. him. And that's that, Yeah, you know? Yeah, and I mean, so, I've gone back and watched stuff like The Day the Earth Stood Still, which he mm-hmm. did, which was incredible. And like- I think the problem was in the like the in the after the Matrix in that time between the Matrix and John Wick, which I can't even think of how many years that was, maybe like five to ten years. Like yeah. he did other things, but he wasn't this like powerhouse quite yet. Like he had been, and then he kind of took a couple yeah. steps back and was still around. And then, but it's inarguable now since John Wick that he is a megastar and is loved by everyone and can almost make no mistakes. He's still not perfect, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but can like like he is the public he's the movie version of Weird Al Yankovic in the fact <laughs> yeah. that he yes. is like this yes. untarnished That's purely so wholesome <laughs> character, right? Like yeah. Keanu Reeves is up there with like Weird <laughs> the Al best. as if if I ever heard anything bad, like they had done something heinous, I'd be like, oh my God, not them. Like of anyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, not right. them. Yeah. Like just about any other white man, I'd be like, yeah, okay, figures. You know, it's yeah. a white guy, <laughs> totally capable. But yeah. like the, those two are like the pinnacle of like wholesomeness that I just would be wow. shocked if they did anything bad. Right. I, I couldn't w- agree more with comparison that. comparison to Weird Al, that's so unbelievable. And, and I mean, much like Weird Al, like Weird Al has had these moments where you have like the eat it days yeah. and he's huge and then kind of tones down for a while. And then you have white and nerdy. Yeah. And then I think his involvement with the comedy bang bang TV show kind of brought oh, yeah. him back. And yeah. now he's just kind of like one of the guys we go. Yeah. Yes. Weird Al. If yeah. you don't like him, I think you're the problem. You know, that's kind of the situation. <laughs> I don't trust anybody who doesn't like weird. Al. <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't trust him. But yeah, the thing about Keanu that, that, you know, uh, there's some actors, and we say this a lot on this podcast, but, you know, you have your Daniel Day-Lewis's where they can kind of disappear into anything. And then you have actors like Keanu where if they're not used properly, it really doesn't work. Right. And that's what that's most actors, even mm-hmm. some of the yeah. best ones. You know, Absolutely. you can find a movie of any actor where they are just, like, not in the right movie. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. But... I think now people just like totally get Keanu. I think he gets Keanu. And here we are enjoying the fruits of their labor. Hell yeah. So could you fill us in on the years between 
Matrix before we jump into who made the movie. Yeah, so some of uh, the other movies he was in in between are Constantine, Lake House, A Scanner Darkly, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and uh, 47 Ronin. There are other movies in between that. Those are just like... Those are like the notable ones. Yeah. Constantine's another one. I saw that in theaters. I loved the comic books. I didn't know the character super duper well. And so like I was really bummed when I found out he was queer and they didn't really do the queer relationship in the like canonically he's been Constantine's been in relationships with King Shark. Like like not only queer, but literally a monster effer as well. Like which is we we stand that where I'm from. But like (laughs) like the Oh man, that's such a weird little movie, and yet I loved it. I remember seeing it in theaters, and then finding out later, you know, oh, this is that comic book character, and like getting really, really digging in. He's been championing that movie recently. He did a DC panel at DC Fandom a couple oh, years really? ago, like oh, with wow. the director talking about how they wish they could bring it back or like do another thing. Um, yeah, he loves that. He loved that playing be... that character. They, they should yeah. do like yeah. a a Constantine too. We we actually recently watched Constantine for the first time. Yeah. Um. And I I would say I didn't like the movie, but I right. I do get what it is, and I did kind of appreciate it. If that makes sense, it just didn't yeah, totally. scratch the itch for me. It sure. it pretty much scratched all my itches. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it. <laughs> Keanu Reeves, Rachel Weiss, like what's to yeah. not love really? Ghosts <laughs> and demons and. Things just and great. Tilda's pretty fun in that movie as as Tilda David Swinton the Archangel. Great. Yeah, oh yeah. man, so good. Yeah, too. We got to find some sort of series where we can talk about her in depth. I don't I'm know sure what that would be. I'm sure she'll pop up somewhere. <laughs> or we should. We probably have actually because we she's in the MCU. We've talked about her. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Doctor Strange at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, but let's let's talk about John Wick here. Um, the movie is directed by Chad Stahelski, who, as we will remember, was the stunt double for Keanu in The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he did some of the choreography. Of course, you, um, I always get his name mixed up. Yoon Wing Poo did the choreography of The Matrix. Um, but I, I believe he did have a hand in it as well. But what's interesting is this movie has an uncredited director, David Leach. I think that's how you pronounce his name anyway. And he, the reason is with the DGA, they they have all these rules about how like if it's partners directing, um, what is it? They, they have to, they have to like prove how valuable the other person was. Oh. And, and it, it's, it's a very weird thing. It, from what I've heard and can tell, it's just kind of murky and a little bit like, if you turned in your paperwork on Friday, it might not be the same result as Monday. Kind of weird. Hmm. You you have to have it like it's branded this and this. You know the Wachowskis, the okay. um, Cohen brothers. Wait, so it's like they're connected. On the other movies. Um, well, he was not a part of the other movies. Oh, okay, okay. But on this movie, he's uncredited. Um, but he would go on to make Atomic Blonde, Deadpool two, and okay. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. So. And and Chad Stahelski has gone on to make John Wick, John Wick 2, John Wick 3, and John Wick 4. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I don't know if this is true, but I saw a tab for John Wick 5 on IMDb. So and, it's it's only a rumor, but yeah, supposedly that it's going beyond 4, but there's been no official announcement that I've seen. 
Thank you. <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm is, glad you're on this episode. <laughs> I mean, which is interesting. I mean, also, I take the information I have with a grain of salt. Like maybe, yeah, maybe it had, but like there's like there's definitely like chapter four is in the works. It's coming out, I believe, next year. Um, yeah, and and so, but I don't I don't know if there's anything official on five yet. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'll watch Don Wick till. 3700 at this point like there's no way i get bored of this character or this franchise i don't think well the good thing it has is even if the story breaks down that as long as they just bring us the action yep. yeah yeah i mean Absolutely. we we have some pretty we're gonna save them but maybe once we're done recording we can talk a little bit but we have some pretty hot opinions on chapter three actually okay which i i think is a bit rare but um we haven't rewatched it since it's been in theater. So That's by the true. time we get to that episode, we might be like, actually, this. A plus, let's go. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, exactly. Because that's, that's happened on this podcast more times than I can, I'm uh, comfortable admitting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this movie is written by Derek Kolstad, who will go on to write Nobody, which is a very similar type of movie. A lot mm-hmm. of people think that they're in the same universe. There's no official... Because folks, if if it was, if it was official, we'd be covering it. But well, we'll we'll do a Patreon episode on it. Yeah. This month. Yeah. Yeah. So go to Patreon.com/slash/MikeAndMacaw. Link in the in the episode notes and listen to us talk about nobody. Um, the cinematography is by Jonathan Sala, who does the David Leach movies and a ton of music videos. A ton of music videos. Music by Tyler Bates and Joel Richard. Um, comes out October 24th, 2014, $20 million budget, makes $43 million domestic and 86 worldwide. That's a good hit. Wow, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what I got for the, the start of this, and then we can get into some more other notes, but change of voice. Okay, uh, I forgot to look up how to pronounce this guy's last name, but... Um, Oh yeah, Michael Nyquist, uh, right? Nyquist, I, I think, or something. Nyquist. Yeah. So how maybe. it's spelled, kind of. Sort it's of throwing me I off. Mean, yeah. Um, he played. I already. Yeah. He he is. Uh, what's the character's name? I even Vigo. blinked on that. Vigo. Thank you. Um, he is also in Ghost Protocol, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the Swedish version. Um, yeah, he's the Daniel Craig character. Oh, in the Swedish movies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then he's also in Clonia, A Hidden Life, and Hunter Killer. And then. Wait, he's in A Hidden Life? That's what I got. Because I thought this was his last movie. Well. Because he died. Let's see. Let's see. The Hidden Life came out like I mean, a couple yeah, of years he's... ago. Yeah. I don't, I don't, know. I don't oh. know what to tell you. He's in it. <laughs> it must have shot something a long time ago. That's I'm not sure. I've never seen it. I can't tell you. Anyway. <laughs> and then um, Alfie Allen plays Yosef, uh, uh, his son. He's in Game of Thrones, The Predator, The Other Bolin Girl, Night Teeth, Jojo Rabbit, How to Build a Girl, several other movies. He is a quintessential, in this movie, He's he does such a great job of you cannot wait for him to die. Oh yeah, like the yeah. the brat that you can't wait to get shot in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just crazy, and I think so cool that like his death is so quick and like kind of meaningless. Yeah, non spectacular like, at all. Yeah, yeah, 
just that makes sense. Uh, and then um, Dean Winters plays um, Avi, who is like Vigo's right hand dude. He's in Thirty Rock, P.S. I Love You, uh, Law he's and Order, Mayhem, Palmer, and he's Mayhem in the Allstate commercials. Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Allstate. Um, Every insurance ever since Geico, all the insurance companies are like, we have to be hilarious, and so it's hard <laughs> to get them all straight. And it's only true. one yeah. of them is funny, and that's Geico. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It kind of drives I me just, bonkers. This guy, like, I know him so much from the commercial that I kind of can't see him in anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just ripping me out. The of only moment. other thing I think of him from is Thirty Rock because he was so prominent on Thirty Rock. But beyond that, yeah, okay. I'm the same. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's tough, it's and he does fun, a good job. He, he's fine. Yeah. Fun yeah, side note: I, I believe this was the year Breaking Bad ended. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Vince Gilligan, you know, at this point, yes. he's invincible. Come on. Well, he makes, with the creator of House, a show called Battle Creek that ran on CBS, and it starred that guy oh. and another oh, guy, wow. but it was like a murder of the week kind of show. Oh, okay. Not okay. good. Really? Really not good. <laughs> Did Vince write it, write it as well? I think he was just producer and creator. Hmm. But it was it did not last a season, a full season. Wow, that sucks for him. And it it was just very much like it, it, it almost feels like he had an old notebook or something, and then he he's like, eh, yeah, if you want this, you can have it. Well, <laughs> it was not funny. good. Um, and then um, Adrienne Palicki plays Miss Perkins. She is also in GI Joe Retaliation, Legion, uh, Legion, Friday Night Lights, Agents of Shield, and then. Um, uh, John Leguizamo Le uh, plays <laughs> Leguizamo. Le Leguizamo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've talked. So, I've that. done. So, I've presented stuff at work today. I'm like all <laughs> talked out. Um, he plays Aurelio, uh, the yep. guy at the shop. Uh, he is. He's in so many things. I was like looking so through things. his filmography. He's got so much. And obviously, I'm just giving snapshots. He's in Spawn, Moulin Rouge, Romeo Plus Juliet, Mandalorian, Infiltrator, Die Hard 2, Carlito's Way, and a million other things. Yeah. And then I'll finish it off with Lance Reddick, who's the um, hotel manager. Um, he's in a ton of things as well, but just some like highlights. He's in White House Down, Bosch, and Castlevania. He's great. Yeah. I, I love Lance Reddick. He's also the voice of um, Zavala. In Destiny and Destiny Two, which are a video game series, oh, where those, he plays a, yeah, he plays oh. a very important character in that. Uh, so it's always fun to. Oh, during the pandemic, he often shared videos of himself like recording voice lines for the game in his closet with like, you know, <laughs> blankets up in the wall because you know he nice. couldn't during COVID. He couldn't, and he's he just seems like a chill dude. Like he's nice. up there like as one of those actors that I love to meet. And John Leguizamo, I've loved since I was a kid. I think he was a perfectly yeah. fine Luigi in an otherwise not great Super Mario Brothers movie. I um, when I saw that credit, I'm like, I think this is. I think I saw that movie, but I like don't remember anything of it. Not very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, like he's also an incredible stand-up comedian. Like he has a, a stand-up com uh, comedy special called Freaked, I believe. And then he did one even recently uh, about like you know his Hispanic heritage and like growing up in New York. Oh. And he's just he's very funny. If you've not watched any of his specials on Netflix, I highly recommend it. Like I've been a fan of his comedy work. He was in the past famously was like his first big movie break. Um, yeah, 
and like I, it's funny. Like you're talking about the cast now. Like we didn't even mention some of the heavy hitters, like Ian McShane yeah. and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I was gonna say you you missed well, Ian we've McShane. Talked, we've talked about him. In, in, Ian McShane, we have in Pirates of the Caribbean. We did. You did. That's right. And we have covered him. That's why. Okay. Um, Fair but enough. But like I completely because I remember the overarching trilogy more strongly than this movie specifically i completely forgot about willem dafoe i completely forgot about john yeah. leguizamo yeah. uh i completely forgot about adrian pilecki who i adore um she was great as mockingbird in um in agents of shield and she's been in a bunch of other stuff uh like this cast is ridiculous it's just yeah. such a killer cast even at the time like you know you yeah, could argue totally. some of these folks were kind of more working character actors but most of them are like Ian McShane, Willem Dafoe and John Leguizamo could have starred in their own movies and mm -hmm. they are supporting <laughs> totally. cast here, you know. This is always fun. Yeah, it's it's like a murderer's row of support of of uh character actors. It's For it's sure. and I think that adds like an element to this movie that that also elevates it. This well, you kind got, of fantasy you, element, you know, and you guys will talk about it in the other chapters. But he, chapter two and chapter three, they just amp that up. Like oh, they yeah. just oh, yeah. they just bring in more character actors, more actors that Keanu's worked with and other stuff. Like, like <laughs> yeah. just it, it, you know, some of my favorite, and uh, they keep the tradition of comedic actors playing serious roles. Like uh, Jason Manzukis is in the one of either right. two or three. Right, I love Jason. The Manzoukas. TikTok man. The TikTok man. TikTok, <laughs> or, Mr. Wick. Um, or as Scott Ackerman calls him, the Dink Dink Man yeah. on Comedy the Dink Bang Dink Bang. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, I, I just, I love the pedigree of these films from just the first one. Like, clearly, they yeah. just, they, they must have been having fun with this casting. You know, it doesn't happen yeah. by accident, for sure. Right. Yeah, it's, it's so, it just has this vibe that, again, because, because I think it's, can be hard to remember that when this comes out, Keanu's been in stuff that people have liked, disliked, but no, no big hits. Right. And so this looks like it's going to be just another one of those movies. Right. And it's just crazy how sure of itself this movie is. I mean, yep. they break the cardinal screenwriting rule, which is killing a dog. Yep. A yep. puppy, no less. Yeah. Yep. Which yep. is like, that is something, if you want your audience to hate you, kill an animal. That mm -hmm. is like... Well, and especially a puppy, like, and like that was something that was told to me before I went into it. And I tell other people, like, I mean, like, I have trigger warnings for all sorts of stuff, assault and other things too that I know right. will make yeah. friends uncomfortable. But across the board, I don't care who you are man, woman, non binary, queer, mm -hmm. POC, white, it doesn't matter. Nobody wants to watch a puppy die on screen. And so, like, <laughs> yeah. that's the yeah. first thing I will always say. And so, like, and, it, and like even watching it this time, it's still it's so hard to watch. Like it's yeah, it's I know why it's important, but it's just like yeah, man, you gotta really earn it. And they did. I feel like they did, but it, mm -hmm. it's rough. And I know friends who who saw that happen and stopped watching, and they didn't care how good yeah. it was. Like they couldn't yeah. go through with it. Yeah. And I get it. I totally get it. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's tough enough. Like watching a Wes Anderson where a dog just always die somewhere off the off screen usually yeah. or something yeah. like that but yeah. this one's like i mean they do a pretty good job of it feels violent when he kills the dog but Without it also you, you don't it, really yeah. see it mm -hmm. yeah but what when it cuts back to the dragged blood mm -hmm. and the dog is curled it's up all the suggestions that are yeah really I mean, that's brutal like even kind of worse than seeing it because your imagination could do a much better job yeah. of making it much worse right well, and they just do such a good job of the first, t like, 10 minutes with the dog. 
it's so cute mm-hmm. that you are just like, I want to snuggle with this cute little pup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when he starts killing people, there's not one moment where you're like, I don't know if he's justified in this. You're always <laughs> no, like, yeah, you're 100% get him. Yeah. Get him. <laughs> that. Yeah, totally. But, um, okay, so let's dive into a, a few of the of the details surrounding the production of the movie. Um, the original script of this movie, they wanted it to be an old man. So yeah. Derek Coldstad makes this script, and they get a studio on board, Thunder Road Pictures, and Basil Owanik, uh, who's one of the producers, said, I don't think we should do that. I, he said, quote, Instead, we decided to look for someone who's not literally older, but who has a seasoned history in the film world. Already, you're off to a great start on yeah. your casting yeah. for this yeah. movie. Totally. Um, and so Keanu, let's see, he signs on, and then he thought, hey, it'd be pretty cool if I could get Chad and David to, do, to, to come onto this movie and choreograph, but I secretly hope that they'll direct this movie. Because yeah. they've never directed a movie before. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is the debut. And um, so they do. And Keanu Reeves prepares for uh, eight hours a day, four months. Four months, eight hours Wild. a day. He's out there. This is this is the Tom Cruise thing. Yeah. Where it's like Keanu and Tom are in this weird zone where especially if physicality's involved, they're going to go way above and beyond. Yeah. Yep. You know, we talked about in The Matrix how he had a neck brace on because he had had surgery, and he's out there he's just still training, learning yep. all the moves and stuff, and he can't even kick. Like, yeah. physically yep. is unable to kick. Yeah. Yep. The guy's a machine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, actually, he's a human because he fights the machines for us. That's, That's true. true. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Yes. Yeah. We don't want to mix that up. <laughs> yeah. And um, so then a couple more things here. The the writer cited Alistair McLean and Stephen King as influences on this story. Cool. Um, okay, McLean could build a world, and King could surprise you by what the main character truly was capable of. Okay. Right. Love it. Yeah. We're huge Stephen King fans, so anytime someone's like, I was inspired by Stephen King, we're like, okay, okay, I'm salivating. Okay, I like it Let's a go. Bit more. <laughs> um, and then... While shooting a scene with a stuntman, Michael Nickvist cut his head so bad <laughs> that his ear was resting on his right <gasps> shoulder. Uh. How? Oof. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How? I mean, there's resulted... no bone in your ear. <laughs> like, your ear doesn't have any bones <laughs> no. on the outer part. So, like... That's, that's nuts. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. That's like, uh, that's like Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane. Cutting off the the bodyguard's ear <laughs> yeah. or the guard's ear, um, it results in resulted in eighty stitches, eighty stitches, and some of the last scenes had to be redone to hide a scar. Holy crap! Wow, that's insane. <laughs> Wild. I, and you don't know how it happened. I didn't see how it saw. happened. No, that's nuts. That's wild. And then finally, this last quote by Chad Stahelski to set the table before we jump into the plot. If you're clever with the story and clever with the action, they can fuse together. We don't see any real separation that the story stops and then we just wow you with action. If it all fits and weaves together and helps you love the character, that's what we want to do. Demand more out of your action as an audience. Amen. Hell yeah. 
I agree. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's kind of a lot what you and I talked about in uh, Resurrections with the action. Resurrections, yeah. right? No, no, yeah. no, uh, no. Um, we haven't Revol- seen Resurrections yeah, yeah. yet. Um, Revolutions. <laughs> well, we have. Revolutions. Revolutions. <laughs> we recorded it last <laughs> night and we can't remember the title of the movie. Um, but I feel like that's what we talked about a lot in that movie with the we just really loved the action and we just feel like because it continued to tell the story rather than just be flashy of course it's a little dated but it it just like it held my interest the whole time and it always does and it always surprises me that it does so and it's always just we i mean we've been railing on this ever since we started this podcast but it is just so nice to watch action sequence where you could pause it and you could say, okay, this character did this and that resulted in this and this and that happened. Yeah. And I saw it all happen and I'm not putting together the pieces and guessing what happened. Yeah. Right. It's clear. And even though, like, John Wick is fast it and is. it's not like they're, but do- you they're can not doing all of the through yeah. line, though. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And they're not doing these long, like, uh, children of men style shots but the shots are still on average longer than like any action movie that's come out 10 years prior probably mm-hmm. yeah and they're just like it's quick but you could still know exactly where he punched him what he did well he's not punching he's shooting right he so, does some punching he does some mm-hmm. a little bit a little <laughs> bit of punching that, that's one of the that, there's I mean, more that's shooting than punching though that for sure right the, the, this is this is where they ter- coin the phrase gun fu. Yeah. And I love that because truly when you watch all three of these movies, I think actually in the third one they use they go a little outside the realm of guns a little bit to yeah. mix it up. But you know, he's going through the club at the red yeah. circle in this movie and he has spots where it, it would be obvious to maybe punch or instead of kicking a guy in the foot and then shooting him in the head, he shoots him in the foot and shoots him in the head. <laughs> and it's like a dance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it really kind is. of beautiful. Yeah. yeah. We like John Wick, folks. <laughs> yeah. Yep, we sure do. So let's jump on the movie here. I see your first note is long hair. <laughs> long hair. <Yes. laughs> I think we said this at the beginning of the whole Keanu adventure with Bill and Ted. That well, I'll speak for myself. I love the long hair. I think. Oh yeah. I think. Same. Right now, present day Keanu is peak Keanu. Agreed. Yeah. He tw- looks so good with the long hair and the beard. And in watching this movie, because it's been a little bit since we I've rewatched John Wick, it's like, oh, his hair gets even longer. How long yeah. can it get? Yeah. I mean, chapter four, just the poster. I'm like, I think that's as good as he's ever looked. But we haven't even seen footage from it. No, yeah, that's it's true. gonna blow us all away. I'm sure. I'm excited as, for it. Mm-hmm. When It'll we be saw my that first Matrix opportunity trailer. to see a John Wick in the theaters, you know, because yeah, I've, I've be seen so them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I, yeah, this was the only one I haven't seen in theaters because I was able to catch the the next. I've only two. seen the third one in theaters. Yeah, but yeah. audiences will hear about that later. <laughs> but we wanted you to know, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so this is peak Keanu on looks. Peak period. Sure. The next, yeah. you know, 10, 20, probably 30 years. Because, again, I hate to keep bringing up Tom. No, I don't. I love it. Uh, <laughs> these men don't age. I don't know what I don't know what 
water they're drinking or something. Yeah. But... Ontology. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, let's not get into that. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> starts off John Wick, this car is rolling and then it smashes into something really slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keanu gets out and he starts watching a video. And he's yeah. bleeding out. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> like, how all right. did this guy get here? Yeah. Like, and it's a video of presumably his partner, his wife. They're on a beach. He's he's recording her. She looks so beautiful. They both look so happy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's about to die. Yeah. How did he get here? Yeah. This is like the oldest trick in the movie handbook, but yet right. I'm compelled here, right? Like it, I'm right. a sucker for it because I immediately go, well, how did we get here? I need to know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I am remembering, I actually attempted to watch this movie bef- the year it came out because it was on Amazon or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Dad, I've heard that this movie's good. We should watch it. So this first scene happens. And as you know, with my parents' Wi-Fi and internet situation, we weren't able to load the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh, At least that's no. all you saw that, for that like was a long time. All I saw until the next January oh when gosh. I went to Ecuador, and I was like, "Oh, I can watch this now." <laughs> you can find out why that, spe- that why he got there. Um, but we see John Wick at a graveyard. And we're introduced to Marcus, who's played by Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. And again, like, I always forget he's in this, too. Yeah, I totally always. spaced. And, like, I'm a big Willem Dafoe fan, like, from the Green yeah. Goblin to Boondock oh, yeah. Saints, though that hasn't aged well at all. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> if you loved Boondock Saints, reevaluate, but also never watch it again because it will not hold up. It is a bad movie. With It's very sexist. It has not aged well. It's just bad. It's just bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like Willem Dafoe, I love. I will love watching him chew the scenery. Um, I will always say about him that the Green Goblin scene where he argues with himself in the mirror in Spider-Man mm-hmm. is a masterpiece. There's no mm-hmm. scene yes. in the history of comic book movies like that scene. It is just, I will watch that scene over and over again before I'll watch the whole movie. And I love that movie. But like, it's yeah. just mm-hmm. a masterclass in how to play a villain who is just lost. It's just so good. And so like to see him here and he's so reserved in this movie most of the he part, is, most yeah. of the time. He's actually cheeky and kind of fun later in the yeah. movie. Like I and I, I like this side of Willem Dafoe. He's he was very good as Marcus in this. Yeah. Now here's I'm just curious, because I really don't know. Has he ever done a bad performance? I know he's in movies that have been bad, but I've never seen a movie so. that he's done bad in. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think he's done him like, again, I would argue that he's been in bad stuff, but he's, yeah. his performance in that bad stuff was never the reason that stuff was bad. It was always any other reason than that. Right. And, and he's one of these guys that just, he always gets what the tone of the movies are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause like Green Goblin, that's a great example where someone could play that much bigger or much quieter. Yeah, and he's like right there in the middle, like yeah. And I can hear his voice in my head. Like I consider myself a sci- you know, a kind of a scientist myself. Like that whole like the dinner mm-hmm. scene with Aunt May, with the fork. Oh. Like uh, I like I just I remember that whole movie because of him. In the same way that like <laughs> Spider Man Two, Alfred Molina's performance is legendary mm-hmm. in that, in that yeah. film. Um, yeah. So anyway. nice they brought him back. Yeah, so right. nice they were doing it twice. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, by now we've seen it. 
by now we've seen it and we've all loved it, I'm assuming. Um, I hope. <laughs> I hope so, too. God. But, like, going back to the plot, like, what's really interesting about this part of the movie is John, for the first 10 minutes, John Wick probably says 10 words total. Yeah. Like, everyone else is talking when they're talking. But also, in the first, I would say, 15 minutes, this it's maybe a page of dialogue, yeah. maybe two. Like, not yeah. a lot. Um, and I think... It's just so meditative, the whole experience. And like, so we're at this funeral, we get to see, you know, John coping and we get glimpses into what has happened here. We were eventually told, you know, that his spouse had some kind of terminal disease and right. knew this was coming eventually. And they did everything they could while they could. And then eventually she just like it, 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 something killed her. We don't know quite what, but like yeah. some kind of illness has killed her. And now John is just trying to live a life, sort of like, you know, mm. we've all been through <laughs> yeah. grief on some level. And like, like the tone, the blues, all of the blues yeah. in the palette, yeah. like just. Yeah inherently conveys this sadness and then again just the way Keanu carries himself you know the disheveled look the way he walks the way he moves like I did as an science experiment like looked at looked at Keanu in the first scene and like looked at Keanu in like the last scene and like Mm -hmm. there's just such a stark difference between those people Mm -hmm. Um, and I just love all of the setup that this first 15 minutes does yeah and they do a really great job too of just visual clues of grief as well where like he's in the bathroom and all of her stuff is still there as if she's about to come in and also start brushing her teeth or like her when he gets coffee her mug's still there and then like he sleeps with her i think it's her bracelet by his bedside like it's it's i think does a really good job too of showing like this just happened like there hasn't even been time for him to like even think about doing something about these physical things, which he probably hasn't even thought about yet. Yep. And it's like, how can you even think of it? And because yep. this performance is so good too, it's just, yeah, you really feel the grief. <sighs> yeah. Let's all cry for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what, what really got me is what comes next is like, so we get all these just kind of like vignettes of him experiencing his mm. grief. And then they cut to the wake and the room is full and he's looking out the window and not really yeah. interacting. And then like the scene just transitions and it's empty. And then there's a doorbell and there's this delivery yeah. and it's it's this dog from a kennel. And it does the, tro- the tropey but appreciated thing of like opens a letter we hear his wife's mm-hmm. voice and she's telling him, mm-hmm. you know, here's yeah. this puppy. I want you to live your life and I want you to care for something because I know you need to love something. And like mm-hmm. in that moment when Keanu is done reading the late letter and like kisses the letter and then starts mm-hmm. to cry into it. This is this is the scene where I'll go, oh, he's wooden. He's stiff. Like, yeah, that yeah. Scene right, right. Is heartbreaking, and like yeah. I've cried like that. I recognize yeah. that his level of hysterics. Like I've been that sad. I've been that upset. Yeah. And it's just like, and again, that whole scene too, from the everyone disappearing to the delivery. Like he says a couple of words to the delivery person, right. and then it's all silence for the most yeah. part. And then there's this dog, and like, and then it's just him. Like, and then the vignette of him living with this dog is just so adorable. Like, clearly, mm-hmm. this is a man who has never raised an animal before and doesn't mm-hmm. know quite what to do. The cornflakes mm-hmm. and the dog bowl, like, all that stuff mm-hmm. is really great, too. 
And I, I, I love that, which I'm sure so many people do this where they, they get an animal and then they're like, okay, but the animal does not sleep on the bed. And then pretty immediately it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. okay, you can come sleep on the bed. How could I ever <laughs> deny you that? It's like not even John Wick can Wick not do that. It's also so cute. Like, I'm sure it's all the dog trainer, but like that scene where he's like, <laughs> he like setting up the towel or the blanket on the floor and he lays, the dog lays down and like John lays in the bed and they cut to his perspective looking at the yeah. dog. The dog's head is just on the floor looking at him. Like it's oh, just yeah. such a good scene. Like it they is. are milking this. Oh, yes, this. they are. They are absolutely milking this. And like pretty, and I think I had known going into it, like we'd both known the, the, the dog stuff was coming, but like. Like watching it, I'm going, oh, they're so evil. This is so well done. Yeah. This is so right. perfectly like, you know, nudging towards like, up. Oh, this can't last. This right. Something's going <laughs> right. to happen. It's too good to be true. He, yeah. Like he can't be okay. Yeah. Because <clears throat> we're too early in the movie. <laughs> so then the next day, or I mean in the future, whatever. Yeah. It's unclear he, the timeline. Yeah. Right. He, he, um. He goes to a gas station. Actually, I think it is the next day because in the backseat of his car, he's a ton of animal stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he had gone like he's going shopping. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, a thing, it's so specific, but I do really like that he pours the cornflakes and he says, we'll get you kibbles tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it is like, yeah, he's never had an animal, but he's not a, he's well, not he's stupid. Like, he, he understands yeah. he they need food. Like the dog, like he wakes up in the morning and he gets the paper and the dog runs out to go to the bathroom and he's like, oh, right (laughs) but it's like i don't know he's really selling it yeah yeah um pulls up to the gas station and this car comes up blaring music Mm -hmm. the lyrics are gotta get that money Mm -hmm. over and over and over (laughs) and what we'll discover is like this russian mob uh crime syndicate the Mm -hmm. well we don't know that at the time but this guy gets out and he looks at John Wick's beautiful car. I don't know anything about cars, but I know that that thing is sweet. Yes. Yep. And he goes, "Man, this thing is awesome." And he says, "Like, what? What would you? What do you want for it?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much? John. John says, "Oh, she's not for sale." Mm-hmm. And then in Russian, he says, "Everything's got a price, bitch." <laughs> yeah. And then and he says in Russian, "I'm nobody's bitch." Yeah. No, well, he actually says, not this bitch. Oh, not this That's bitch. The, <laughs> which is so I had to write that down. Yeah. And so, and then the guy's like, so offended. And it's just crazy. Now, obviously, these are made up. But it is crazy right. that had this moment not happened, we could imagine a world where John Wick works through his feelings and never yeah. returns to this life. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, throughout this movie, they keep on saying... You know, you, are you back from retirement? He's back. And and they, they make it very clear, too, that it's not easy to leave because yeah. it's such a dangerous job. And he did it. Yeah. He yeah. Like, like he left. pulled it off. He did an impossible job. And I just it's kind of a nice it's a subtle twist, but it's a nice twist because a lot of times these movies are always like the past. You can never escape the past. That's like what these movies are about when it's you know, guy retired from spying. Yeah. Right. And it's cool that this one's like, no, it's, it, he chooses to go back because they basically killed his wife yeah. in his mind. Yeah. It, it's subtle, but it's, it's a nice twist. It fe- that's yeah. another reason I think that the series feels fresh. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think the, so the casting of the son is so, 
I don't know. It's just the, the act. He just knows what he's doing. And it's just like perfect that he's young. Like he looks like he's maybe in his 20s or even maybe <laughs> early 30s. Like he just looks really young. And, you know, you learn very quickly that he's had everything handed to him on a silver platter. Yeah. From probably through illegal means. And it's probably oh, one day definitely. set to... <laughs> we don't have to paint these little, guys like they're... Eh, maybe they're okay. <laughs> There's are bad guys. He, he's a little um, Anthony Soprano Jr. a little bit. Yes. Where he's like, I want it all. Don't want to work for it. So I'll just take what I want. Yep. Yes. And like, yeah. like it's clear that in this moment, like he's annoyed that he can't have what he wants. But then his his backup play, yeah. uh, Victor, like grabs yeah. him by the shoulder, like, what are you doing? And then apologizes because like he has some yeah. sense and he's like, we can't just do this. And like they leave and like John kind of just shakes it off, finishes filling up his gas. And then what I love about this next transition is like, so he goes to this like airfield where he can drive around, mm. which is pretty common. I yeah. used to watch a lot of Top Gear and, uh, and the Grand Tour and like, you know, those guys always did a lot of like car testing on giant airfields and stuff. And even their famous racetrack was on an airfield. And so, but what's really funny to me is there's no transition of him dropping off the dog before going to do this. Clearly no. he, clearly he did. Right. Because they never cut to the dog. The dog doesn't get sick <laughs> yeah. or yeah. hurt. But like I, the whole time that scene's happening, I'm like, but what's, where's the dog? What's going on with the dog? <laughs> That's what I think of too. And I've like, never yeah. thought that. That's hilarious. And like, like you could, the acting's so good here too with him because, you know, he, he's doing this because he's angry. He's right. grieving. He needs to vent. And yeah. He's venting this, all of this. And you are just thinking like, I hope the dog's okay. Cause he's not <laughs> thinking about the dog at this point. Yeah. But the scene is so relatable, like him driving in circles and like spinning out and then driving at the bulldozer full speed and then slamming on the brakes at the last possible second while screaming. Like, yeah. like it's so visceral that he's hurting, but he's trying to find a way to let it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes and home. I mean, for, for a guy who's violent, he's not doing it violently. Right. Like there's this which is yeah. crazy. It shows this understanding that he knows that violence isn't always the answer, even though he yeah. himself can be very violent. This moment teaches yeah. us that. Um, right. Like, he's letting go of that violence, even though he used to be that violent person. Right. But then we yeah. go we go back to his house, and there's this lovely scene of him getting ready for mm-hmm. bed again. And the dog mm-hmm. looks at him again. It's the Uh-oh. same shot. And he's like, all right, come up. Mm-hmm. And, like, and they, they fall asleep. And then, like... The dog wakes him and starts barking and runs downstairs. And I couldn't remember the order of events when I was watching it today. I was like, oh, no, is this the scene? I bet this is the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Lo and behold, Don't say the, it, Matt. Don't the, say it. The dog is. <laughs> Please the, tell, say it isn't the, so. The, the, the dog is barking because there's been a home invasion. As soon as John gets downstairs, he gets clubbed with a bat. And yeah. uh, it's made pretty apparent pretty quickly that these masked thieves are possibly the folks he saw earlier which is of course through the course of the events is revealed they beat john within an inch of his life Uh, someone yells at one of the thugs to shut up the dog and so they do that by hitting the dog yeah and you hear the yelp um and then like you know this uh alfie is the actor alfie allen Mm -hmm. uh yosef takes his hood off reveals his face which is also very dumb why did you wear the masks then but it's also like he is stupid he is he thinks he's invincible so it means nothing to him he yeah. probably because he's probably conceded like i want you to know who's like to look into the eyes of the guy that's stealing your car right he's and thinking also- that this is like just some rich guy who has yeah. a nice car. Yeah. yeah. That's all he, he's right. thinking about. He has no idea who he's attacking. And like he's, <laughs> yeah. they keep saying in Russian, find the keys, where are the keys? We found them. Right. Uh, 
And then they they just knock him out. And then they cut to the scene that Jordan um, alluded to earlier, or not Jordan, mm-hmm. Micah alluded to earlier, of like, you don't see the dog crawl over to him, but you see a trail of yeah. blood and the dog <sighs> curled up under John's yeah. like chin. Yeah. Like in like very light panting that then stops as John is waking up. And it's like. Right. Ugh. It's brutal. That, like that that is like the hurtful cherry on top of the whole thing. Yeah. Of like, why'd you have to show that? Yeah. Yeah. And then we see him bury. The yeah. Dog. And then it jump mm-hmm. cuts to the shovel hitting the ground, which is like so stark. And I think it's such yeah. a bright yeah. way to like frame it. And then it's him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a small box burying this dog and he he does this before he even checks his garage nothing to see that the car is gone yeah yeah and it's like i mean obviously his car is gone but it is like that doesn't even matter at this point they basically just killed my wife i don't sure they can have my like just take my car i will get it back and yeah so they they he does check though the car is gone and then is that when it also cuts to them going into the shop Aurelio shop yep. or does he do something yeah okay yeah um so, <laughs> yeah and this is a great so <laughs> this is like probably number two with a bullet for me of why this series is so good because yeah. they set up his reputation so well without doing any like exposition dumps or anything like that yep. they just set this tone because yep. in this scene they come in and they go hey we got this card new plates uh, no, I, you, need, I need you to get a yeah, new can you get clean VIN plates, numbers. VIN yeah. number, all that stuff. And Liguizamo's like, whose car is this? Yeah. And they go, I don't know, it's some guy. And he says, I'm not taking it. And they go, we own you. And he says, okay, I don't care. Uh, and they're like, Vito, you know, they say something about Vito, and he said, this doesn't matter what Vito likes or doesn't like. He'll understand. I'm not taking this car. <laughs> Yeah, because he immediately knows, because arguably, I'm sure Aurelio had help in getting John this car, so he knows immediately, and he's like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah, touching yeah. that. And then, like, that scene then starts to cut between John arriving and talking to Aurelio. Aurelio pours him a drink, and, like, Aurelio is trying to skirt the issue as best as possible, and John mm-hmm. isn't having it. He's like, I just, who who took the car? Where are they? Like, who is it? And like, while cutting back to the scene with Aurelio telling him, no, get out, I get out of my mm-hmm. store now. Like he punches the kid in the face and like, they're going to yeah. they draw the gun on him. And like, I love this scene with John. Like, he pulls the gun. He's like, oh, are you going to shoot me? Well, go ahead and shoot me. I'm not taking that car. It's yeah. not worth it. Shoot me. And like, <laughs> yeah. that freaks everybody out. And like, it's just and you're yeah. just like who is John Wick? Who yeah. is this guy? Yeah, and like and then, it's just cutting oh. between these two scenes, and I love that cinematography. That like it's the yeah. same location but two different yeah. time periods at the same time to tell the story. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really. And great. then we have. Oh, I mean, this is one of the best moments of the whole movie, where um, Michael. I don't can't remember his character name. Aurelio. Oh, sorry, sorry, Vigo. Right or v- v- Vigo, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Vigo. He gets a call from John, and John's like, "No, from Aurelio." From Aurelio. Wait, which? The... Oh, John Leguizamo is. Yes. Oh, okay, sorry. Character name Aurelio. Oh, okay. I was kind of like <laughs> trying to remember who. Okay, it's so yeah. That's the problem with movie podcasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Aurelio calls v- Vigo mm-hmm. because 
or the other way around. But Vigo's like, you punched my son. Why did yeah. you do it? And he says, because um, he stole John Wick's car and he killed his dog. And then he has a one-word response, <laughs> which he's this big bad guy. You can already tell he's like an intense guy. This guy's someone you don't want to mess with. And being told that his son stole and killed the dog, uh, he just responds, oh, and yeah. hangs up the phone. Yep. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so now my son's dead. Yeah. My son killed himself. Like, basically, is what he said. Yeah. yeah. And the whole movie, he's struggling with... <laughs> I, I love his character because he's like, I don't want to do this. I just can't have someone going around killing my son. But yeah. my son is wrong. He's yeah, my just son like, is an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, son's stupid. I sh- I, But just because he's my son, I have to do the wrong thing, and I know it's wrong. Yeah. I it's it's great. That. It's good. And what I love about the resolution of the scene too is like, John, um, uh, Aurelio asks him what he's gonna do, and John Wick just ignores him and goes, "I I need a car." Like, right? It's clear right. like he's not gonna answer to anyone this whole movie. He's just gonna do what no. he feels he needs <laughs> yeah. to do. And they yeah. set yep. that scene pretty early here too. Yep. Oh, now I'm putting together the conversation where you were saying John and how me saying John is confusing in a movie with John Wick. Yep. Yes, I was correct. just yep. multiple because in my head, even though it's called John Wick, I just think it's like, oh yeah, then Keanu does this, Keanu <laughs> does that, <laughs> right, right? Because yeah. it has that. It's like you know when you're again talking about Mission Impossible, it's like Ethan Hunt. No, you're talking Tom does this, Tom does that, right? You know, it's yeah. it, they're bigger than the movie, and the movie plays to those strengths. Oh so yeah, so it, yeah. it's not uh, a bad thing right yeah sometimes that can be a bad thing but um so they they have this conversation about the baba yaga the baba yaga yeah when his son comes back from his his adventure in atlantic city (laughs) yes yes yeah and like i love that he pours his son the drink uh-huh. And like, and then hands him the drink, and his son is holding the drink. He knows his dad is being weird, and he clinks the drink, and his son drinks it, and he's like, oh, "Okay." And then he punches his son in the in the gut. Oh. His son <laughs> vomits up the drink, and then he just throws a rag at him and goes, "Clean this up." Like he just like <laughs> yeah. the whole setup. Like it's just like that scene is designed for you to be kind of charmed by Vigo a little bit. Like, oh, okay, yeah. I yeah. see what kind of like horrendous person this guy is yeah and then so he's basically in the scene trying to get his son to understand how how big of a mistake he just made and yeah. i can't remember exactly what he says but he's describing he's, he's comparing him to the boogeyman all this stuff and eventually his son responds oh like he also yeah. responds with <laughs> he that. finally like, oh, I understands did make a yeah 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 everyone's saying oh yeah. and i i have heard i don't know if this is confirmed by the directors um but I've I've heard that the O's are kind of like a response and a play on the fact that in Keanu movies he always says whoa whoa yeah because he does not say whoa in this movie but everyone in response to him is always going oh yeah. oh yeah oh. so kind of a fun wink and one of the many kind of Keanu slash Matrix references that mm-hmm. begin throughout the series right for sure um then. We have the first like real action set piece of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so Vigo sends a ton of guys yep. to John's house uh-huh. to well, take care of him. But right before that, what I love is that he actually calls John because he has John's number. Yeah. He looks oh, up. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And yeah. John, he's and he's like he calls John trying to appeal to his good side and be like, you know, we're we're civilized men. 
let's talk about this. My son made a horrible mistake. John, John, and he says nothing, hangs up. <laughs> and then um, the guy played by Dean Winters, Avi says, what did he say? And he goes, enough. Like, because yeah, yeah. he said nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and, and then like the rest of that scene plays out as it cuts back and forth between them talking and Keanu take, taking this giant sledgehammer <laughs> to yeah. his floor. And it turns out he's got the secret stash of gold coins that we don't know the purpose of yet and a ton yeah. of weapons. And we're like, oh, okay, I'm starting to understand now. This guy was a secret assassin. Shit's about yeah. to go down. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. I love that montage too. Just uh. there's nothing more, there's nothing better than Keanu with a sledgehammer breaking concrete. No. Yeah. And he's and, like yeah. scooping it away. With he doesn't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the concrete shows how much he was committed to being normal. Yeah, that's true. But he true. always knew that at some point it could bite him. Yeah. Yeah. And that he would like need always it being again. prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Vigo calling him is a bit more of a formality than anything. Yeah. Just like, I'm just acknowledging that this thing happened. Yeah. Care to talk about it? Just hangs up the phone. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, we get to the scene that Mike was alluding to where, like, John's about ready to head out. Like, he's got his stuff together and he yeah. hears something. And like we see yeah. people sneaking into the house and like, you know, like Mike was saying, this is the first big action set piece. And holy hell, what a way to start yeah. this, kind, I know. this kind of movement in the in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like 10 or 12 guys, I think. And you, you, you learn just so fat. The whole gun foo thing is like really showcased in the yep, scene. Yep. And it like John Wick is definitely a person where it's like all I really need is one shot. Like, you know, it's like, I get him in the head, that's it. Go to the next guy. Get him in the head, yeah. that's it. Like, it's just picking them off. Which, by the way, fun thing for any listener, or you two if you haven't checked it out, but you can see uh, footage of Keanu training for the John Wick movies. Oh. And it is cool. Because yeah, sure. he just, you know, there's somewhere he's, you know, just practicing aiming and stuff and using, like, real guns or live rounds and stuff. And then there's others where he is you know, quickly moving from place to place, jumping around corners and shooting things. Wow. Like the marksman too, wow. I will say. It's, I mean, the the training shows and just the way he holds and uses the gun in this movie, it's like, yeah, this guy's comfortable. He's He knows what he's doing. This mm -hmm. is above and beyond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, what's really interesting about this fight scene is like, like you said, long shots following the action, knowing like yeah. he starts upstairs and you could watch him down mm -hmm. the stairs, shoot people through the stairwell and like, you know, flipping <laughs> yeah. people and like, so precise. And and the reason I remember that it's 12 guys is because at the end of this scene, he calls for a dinner reservation yes, for yes, a party yes, of that's three. Right. Yep. And so like, I just also like, like the lore of this world gets much heavier in the next two movies, but the yes. small glimpses we start to see from this scene is just so, and like the, the, the fighting here is just so smoothly done. He's not perfect, but it's clear he's professional. Like he doesn't yeah. have any major missteps, but like he has to fight one guy hand to hand until he can get a gun yep. or a reload or whatever. But like the scene that stays with me the most is when he like flips the guy onto like the kitchen yeah. island. Yeah. Oh and then the God. other yeah. guy comes and he fist yeah. fights the other guy, then spins around, like shoots the guy through the chin. Or no, yeah. break his breaks his neck maybe on the neck. island. Yeah, I think he, he does. punches he his neck just, down yeah. and breaks yeah. it. Oh, and yeah. then switches to the other <laughs> guy again. Like it's just the flow state of the of the of the um, action here is so well choreographed. Like it's clear this is a guy who worked on the Matrix. This is a guy mm -hmm. who 
knows how to shoot action. Like, I, you know, it, it's just so different from any, like Micah was saying, anything we'd seen in the last 10 years for so long, the action was all shaky cam and like, can't yeah. really follow it and big explosions, which I like that stuff too. But like this mm. was, this is artful in a way that like I yeah. just and I, never expected. Yeah. I think what they do a really good job in this movie too is like using the limitations of an environment, like how that affects the fight. This yeah. one is probably like the most open fight because his house, the floor plan's pretty open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, the, one of the, also the craziest parts is I think the end of this fight where he's wrestling with that guy with the knife and he like smacks the knife into him, <laughs> but him the knife the comes out and, and he has he to has do it again. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh. it's gnarly. <laughs> so gnarly. Well, and and this is this is the kind of stuff. This attention to the choreography feels like this could only happen when it's directed by people who have experience doing these things, right? Because this has the same feeling in a lot of ways of a lot of martial arts movies, yeah, like Chinese movies, especially like you watch a Jackie Chan or um, a, a Yoon Wing Poo movie or something mm. like that, and like the choreography is so precise. And the director's not just like, how can we just get a lot of coverage and edit it later? Yeah. yeah. This is like, no, this is all way planned out in advance. There aren't things they can cut to. Yeah, and I even just thinking of the first Ip Man movie, how they that first fight scene of Ip Man and that guy, I can't remember who he is, like in his home. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. fighting, like, they, they use the environment really well. They're, yeah. they're constantly pulling things out of the scene to, like, fight with, and then they'll get another thing to fight with. And I think this, this series is really good at that too, especially in the third movie when they're in that, it kind of in the beginning of the movie. They just they just do a great job of how the environment affects the fight. Yeah, another another wonderful martial arts kind of uh, not trope, but but something that those movies when they're done well mm-hmm. are like. You know, like we were watching that that Jackie Chan scene where he uses a ladder to fight all those guys. Yeah, oh, it's such <laughs> crazy a good scene. cool. Such a good scene. She's like, this is so inventive. Yeah. And this movie does that. Yeah. So he fights all these guys, kills them all, of course, and then he, he, he calls get- a dinner reservation for twelve, pulls out a bunch of gold coins. Yeah. And this is when the world opens up truly and this is a what a little bit though it is it is still well like, yes snapshots, I, yeah. I just mean like this from this point on it's like okay this is not just another action movie not just another agent yeah. this is kind of we're dabbling in fantasy not yeah. like hard fantasy but kind of just it's fantastical though yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely so these guys come over and they're like you back at work john <laughs> or nice to see you or whatever yeah they're saying and they start cleaning up the bodies. He doesn't answer his question, though. He doesn't no. he answer, no. He just pays no. him and says, like, have a good night. Yeah, because yeah, he's going to answer that question later in the yeah. movie. Yeah, he will. One of my favorite. That's <laughs> one of my number one with a bullet favorite moments, but we'll get yeah. there. Yeah. We'll get yeah. there. <laughs> um, but, so they start cleaning everything up, and I love, I, I think it's probably just from seeing Pulp Fiction. I just, anytime they have to figure out how to clean bodies in movies yeah and like clean stuff up i'm always like yeah this is cool i mm-hmm. like the the details involved oh we in also this. didn't mention though before that happens the police shows up. oh right oh, right. right that's right and the, the noise guy complaint. jimmy yeah then yeah and he's like just like oh you you working again john and i don't think he even answers him but he's right. just like have a good night yeah and that's- he says he's working through some stuff that's yeah, right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, and he goes, and I right. love. I'll leave yeah. you to it. And, and 
and he yeah. the police officer sees a body in the hallway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's just like this is this is above my pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's great about that is so right off the bat they're just establishing we don't have to worry about them getting caught by the police. Right. Like, yeah. Or like a detective having to figure this whole thing out. It's like, nope, that's out of the equation. This that's not like, what this is about. In this world above the law. Like yeah. whatever is happening. Yeah. <laughs> the law is not involved in the traditional right. sense. Yeah. Right. Like they it's there I mean, are other we do rules find we will learn later. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then um Marcus is given a hit. Yeah, we get a personal visit from Vigo. Yeah. Because yeah. Vigo yeah. has decided, well, that didn't go well. So I'm going to put out mm -hmm. a $2 million bounty on on the extranet, on the internet, wherever you put mm -hmm. out bounties in this world. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then also pays a personal visit to Marcus, who he knows is friends with John, but is also a hitman and goes, yeah, I want. He's like, I have a phone. He's like, yes, yeah. but I figured this required the personal touch. And like, yeah, he hires marcus to go after john and kill him and we're like and that's and and i had forgotten enough of the movie i'm like oh yeah i guess does john have to kill him i don't remember like but i started yeah. to be worried like these friends are yeah. gonna have to fight each other um and we'll get into that more but it's, it's cool to mm. see this like we get to see these different environments of where the rules lie who follows these rules how these people mm. all know each other like because you get more into John Wick's history in the next two movies, especially. But like right. you, you, like you were saying, Jordan, like we're really starting to see the lore come to life here in yeah. these scenes. Yeah. Uh, around this time, we're having a montage of people gearing up to a Marilyn Monroe song, "Killing Strangers." Marilyn Manson. Or Manson, I mean. Oh, okay. Very I was different. Like, what? <laughs> yes, yeah. very different. So and um, I this think is one of I'm... the two best song drops in the movie. Like, I love Killing Strangers. It's one of the only good songs off that more recent album. And, like, the two places they use it in this movie, they hear, and then we'll get back to it later. So good. It's so well done. And it's foreshadowing, which we don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I'm going <laughs> to. I was gearing up to do so. Say the exact opposite. <laughs> really? Well, I was just not about the movie, but I was just gonna say I think I'm comfortable having not. I'm not very familiar with Marilyn Manson's career, but after hearing the song, I'm like I'm comfortable keeping it that way. Well, Don't like this guy's I, music. Okay, so I'm not <laughs> familiar with him either very much, but I think for this movie, it's over the top. So like, I think the song works. Yeah. And like the because yeah. the soundtrack as the movie progresses as well is like nuts. Yeah, it, it's just kind of all over the place. It's really intense, so it it works for me. Yeah, I mean, I just I just thought we were gonna kind of dig on Marilyn, and I was ready to go, but <laughs> I mean, you, you nope. can you can. I don't love his stuff. I grew up listening to a lot of his stuff and really liked it <laughs> when I was younger. I think his newest album was kind of not very good or inventive, but that song I like. And I think it's because yeah. of this movie and also a friend of mine has a burlesque act to it. And so like, I just like, I have pleasant memories attached to this song specifically. Yeah. There you um, go. And I yeah. think, and like I said, I think because of the foreshadowing they use it for later in the movie, I think yeah. any song could have worked, but the song works just as well for what they used it for. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm backing off my it, hill. I I'm backing it, off my hill. I just think it matches the tone of this movie. It, it does match the tone. I uh, yes. definitely. Um, and then we show up at the world famous Continental. Mm -hmm. Yep. And 
what we're going to find about this place is it's a hotel for assassins where they can't like there's no killing on the grounds there's no bi- there's no business conducted on the continental grounds mm-hmm. correct and like we get uh, the first of many like the the killing strangers was a foreshadowing and then we get our second foreshadowing when we see Adrian Plecky for the first time mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as Miss Perkins like she smiles at John um, she was checking in before him and says, it's nice to see you, John. And like yeah. so they established not only does he have a history as far as a reputation, but he's a history yeah. with individual assassins, too. They all everyone knows him. Yeah. Everyone's right. familiar yeah. with him. Right. And so, um, yeah, we're just we, we get introduced to Lance Riddick to well, Red, Reddick. 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 Am I getting confused Reddick. on Chronicles of Riddick? <laughs> Lance oh, Reddick. Man. Yeah. Um, but I, I love their interaction because John's t- just commenting on like, this place has gotten a facelift. So it's like, oh, there's like, the, the lore is deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a relationship sucker here. for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what did this place look like before it was updated? Right. How were people before all this? St- it's just like, I got to know it. That's great. Yeah. And then he goes into this green room that's at like, I mean, literally, like not a green room, but it's it's the color green, and the, he goes in, and it's this club, mm-hmm. and that's where he talks to Ian McShane. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And he's talking to him about about what's going on. Yeah. And hoping that he can give him information, but as we know, well, as we find out in this scene, there's no business conducted on the Continental grounds. Yeah. But he does help him a little. Gives him a tip. Well, what I, what I love is that this next moment, I can't remember the actress's name. Is she here on? A, oh, the bartender. The bartender. So I know her from a. She was in age. She was in Agent Carter. Um, she played a like precursor okay. to the Black Widow in Agent Carter, like another person from that program. Um, oh, okay. But she's really great. The Bridget Reagan. Yes. Reagan? Yes. Yeah. And. And like I love this scene because again it's world building. Like she's so excited to see him. Yeah. She kisses him on the cheek, pulls him in close. Like clearly these yeah. two spent a lot of time together. Like, and it doesn't seem like romantic. It just seems like really no. friendly. Like which I yeah. love yeah. also. And like they start to talk, and it's just a very casual conversation. Like I just I love the world building. Like yeah, all like, of it, it is so me... pulls me in. Yeah, and it just makes me wonder, like, okay, so if you get out of this game, like, if you're not an assassin anymore, I just assume you never go to the Continental again. Like, you've no reason to. So it's almost like her reaction to seeing him is like, oh, my gosh, I this is crazy. I haven't seen you for, I think it was, it's been four years, she says. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. And it is like, a, I never thought I'd see you again, because I thought, you know, you were off living your happy life. But I think she does apo- like her condolences, because everyone does know about what happened to him. Yeah, with his wife passing, but um, yeah, it her her acting and her reactions to stuff are very telling and interesting to the world. Yeah, yeah, and then this is where and, John finds out that uh, the little shit is hiding at the Red Circle <laughs> because yeah. he asks for a drink, he gets the usual, and then the cocktail napkin says the Red Circle on it, and he doesn't even mm-hmm. drink the drink; he just takes off. Yep, and then we head to the Red Circle. Yep, and. I- Oh, I was go just ahead. gonna say I love the layout of this place. It's so nonsensical, uh-huh. oh, especially yeah. considering the building they show from the outside. I think is a museum. Like, if you've not seen it, Patrick H. Willems does a video on like he walks to the locations of all the places in the John Wick movies and how they transform these buildings that aren't those buildings into these other buildings. And it's really fascinating, and you should watch that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Um, but I just love the layout of this place, like a club on the top floor, a sauna mm-hmm. on the ba- in the basement, <laughs> like a restaurant. Like it's wild, the layout of this building. It makes no sense. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but it also is like, wow, it looks fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. And now we're in, I mean, the fourth movie in a row that we're covering on this podcast where John Wick is in some sort of club environment. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe fifth, because I'm assuming in Matrix Resurrections, there's definitely going to be a club scene. There has Must to be, be. Right? Usually is. Yeah. So the the man is familiar. Yeah, he and, knows uh, his way around a club. <laughs> so what, what I love, though, one of the best moments in this whole thing is before he goes in, he pulls a gun on the bodyguard. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, oh, hey, John. And, you know, I don't remember the guy's name, but he's like, yeah, it looks like you've lost some weight. He's like 60 pounds. Oh, yes. Why don't you... What, the scene with yeah, Kevin Yeah, why don't you Nash. take the night off? Yeah. And, the, and Kevin's like, yeah, okay. Takes out his <laughs> earpiece and leaves. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I love this moment because so Kevin Nash, for those who are uninitiated, was a famous wrestler. Many years wrestled under the name Diesel. Okay. He wrestled with Scott Hall, who was Razor Ramon. They were in the NWO back when WCW was a thing. Like, very well-known wrestler. And then became an actor found some success. He was in the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. He'd been in a few other things. He he was the guy in the Super Shredder shoot, suit, fun fact, in, in Turtles 2, Secret of the uh, Ooze. Okay, cool. He's the one who wore the Super Shredder suit, which was pretty cool. Um, so he's always playing these big, like, bouncer-ass guys. And so, like, when I see him, mm-hmm. I just light up because I, I, mm-hmm. I have such fond childhood memories of him entertaining me in all these different roles. And so to see him play this Russian bouncer and, like... Again, it's the world building, right? Like John, like you said, he's like, oh, you lost weight. Oh, you look good. You should probably take the yeah. night off. And like he immediately pulls out his earpiece There's and then no he thanks him. Yeah, it's just yeah. he just accepts it and leaves because he knows yeah. no matter what his boss is going to do to him, he'll still possibly be alive with John Wick. There's no way he'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. but, but they don't have to say that. They just establish no, it with no, this conversation. Yeah. yeah. And so... It, it's established, I think, right beforehand that um, Yosef is in, like, the sauna area mm-hmm. with his friends, yep. drinking champagne, having a, a heck of a time. And um, John, when John goes in, I think it's, um, is it Victor? Yeah, he, he sees Victor he, and follows Victor in. That's right. Yeah. And yep. he's like, that guy's like, just getting ready for a good night. Just probably got out of the sauna, ready to go in the sauna. I think he's, like, flossing. He's just ready to go. It has one of my favorite camera moves because, like, Victor goes up to the sink, and so we're on his mm-hmm. left side, and we're seeing the the entrance, and there's a guy by the door, and the camera pans down a little bit as he leans forward to rinse, yeah. and then it comes out, and the door's swinging, and the guy's gone. Like, we yeah. hear nothing. Yeah. There's no movement. You just, that happens. And then, like, like in the, the mirror, in the mirror, we see the guy <laughs> yeah. behind him die, and then uh-huh. that's it. And now, game on. John Wick is right. here. Yeah. Right. Then he takes him out. Yep. He gets his radio, and then chaos ensues. Too. It's the phone too, and it's so hard to describe everything that's going on. But we're talking, uh, you know, a half naked man running through a club with strobe lights, music playing, and then intense, intense fighting. I mean, to hit just some of my favorite moments. Shooting a guy in a foot and making him lean forward, then shooting him in the head. Yeah. Another moment, slamming a huge man's head against the table and shooting him, I think, three or four yeah, times. That, in that the guy head. gets it a couple times. Yeah. 
Yeah. And of course, w- when John Wick is chucked over the balcony, mm-hmm. uh huh, and then gets that, out. all of that, you're just like, if you were not into this, then I, I don't know what to tell you because this is as good as it gets. Yeah, watching him fight his way through the the layout of this place, and like in the sauna area, like shooting, and people like start to scatter, and like, uh-huh. yeah, I love that again. Um, Alfie uh, Allen, the actor playing um, yeah uh, Yosef. They show his character so well as being a sniveling brat. Like when the shooting starts, he grabs one of the girls and like pushes her in front of him. Like he's a sniveling brat, like clearly a bad human. And like they take every opportunity to make him seem worse. Um, Mm -hmm. During the scene, his brother who scolds him earlier does a, has a big fight with John Wick. He's the one who throws him over the balcony and Uh and like kind of bests him before John leaves trying to chase him down. Um, luckily one of the other lackeys like picks up Yosef right outside the club and they take off. Right. But like, and I, his first thing to do is to call Vin, uh, Victor. Yeah. His right hand man. He, yeah. And I forget exactly what he says to him, but pretty much John says he's dead. Yeah. There are consequences <laughs> or something. something yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And, and Yosef, the, the actor's reaction, Yosef is just so good. He's just, terrified and like just hangs up the phone like he doesn't even Uh try to reason with him he just hangs up the phone he knows he's in trouble yeah well and when he says that there's consequences then it the camera pans and we see the merovingian and he says cause (laughs) right exactly yeah (laughs) right right and then he does he does a good like five minutes of word that like the way we just can't understand what he's saying right and then that girl has the dessert there's an explosion and that's and then we go right back into John. Then we go right, right back right, in. Exactly. Yeah. I totally. mean, we're about due for the key maker, so actually that that, that worked <laughs> yeah, out pretty true. well. <laughs> um, so John Wick is obviously injured. Yes. How does from this? What is he? Who he gets stabbed? He gets stabbed. Okay. Yeah. While he's fighting, at yeah. one point, the the his Joseph's brother uh, stabs yeah. him. Um, Got it. Okay. And so he gets back to the Continental. What I lo- what I love about Lance Riddick in this movie and in a lot of roles is he plays deadpan so well. And so like, but <laughs> yeah. not deadpan as in unemotional, right? Like, what, but mm-hmm. just deadpan as in static. He's always just happy customer service, but it's always sincere. He's never. It's not like mm-hmm. fake customer totally. service wise. And uh, like John Wick arrives back and he's like. Uh, um, you appear to be bleeding. Yes, is the medic in? We're on 24-7, sir. Shall I send him up to your room? Yes. How about a nice yeah. bourbon as well? That'd be great. And then like yeah. goes up. <laughs> and, like, and then it cuts to him being like sewn up by, mm-hmm. by the doctor, trying to find out if he'll be able to fight, gives him medication for the pain because he knows he's going to go right back at it. Um, yeah. It, 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 yeah, and, he, and I think he, he has like a couple different types of pills, but he pretty much is like, you're probably going to want to take this one. Yeah. Because this is the one that you take if you have to continue to fight. And then this. Yeah, and, and it is the actor who's the key maker in Matrix Reloaded. So yeah. this is like, okay, another crossover moment yes. Love that. for those who couldn't remember that. Which it's is definitely not an accident. They probably had this no. role, and like they both were like, "Hey, we would love for you to do this role, right? Because we know you'd be great at it." Yeah, I love that kind right. of crossover. Um, mm-hmm. And you're right. There's a lot more of that as the trilogy goes on. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. a little sad that I'm not going to be able to talk about my favorite cameo besides um, besides the one I mentioned earlier with Jason Manzukis. But but I'll have to listen to that episode because uh, you're probably talking about. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. right? His, his cameo yeah. is yeah. just the best one in the whole series. But anyway, um, yeah. th- this scene also after is like one of my favorite action scenes because it's where the cheekiness comes in a little bit. And where we uh-huh. start to see the bigger plot. So John's finally lying in bed. He's relaxing. 
and we uh-huh. see Willem Dafoe setting up on the roof across. He's cleaning. He's setting up his sniper rifle. And he's looking mm-hmm. in the window, aiming at John. And I'm like, oh, God, he's, I don't remember what happens here. And then he pans, yeah. up, he pans up and we see Adrian Pilecki coming in because they yeah. commented offhand earlier that they were going to double someone's fee because they were going to break the rules of the Continental. It's uh, Miss right. Perkins. And so he cleverly shoots the pillow Knowing right. that it'll get John to turn around and then yeah. and prepare him for the battle. And like and then like Willem Dafoe's packing up and smiling afterwards. Like I love this. <laughs> I was like, oh right. He helps him through the whole movie. Now I remember. And like yeah, I, yeah, I, right. I, and I love that that we like, oh, they are best buds. All right, this is cool. Yeah. And then we get this <laughs> I know. we get this injured John Wick fight with Adrian Pilecki. She's such a good fighter and like she she's is. been cast That's in good. a ton of stuff and like I love how snarky and she's such an asshole. And like, it's she, just she kind of like the diet, the, the, the fight kind of feels dirty. It does. Like, yeah, like she's yeah. crawling all over. Well, him. at one point she like presses in on his stitches. Like yeah. she knows he's hurting. Um, yeah. It's very good. It's it's and it's in close quarters, but you can still see all the action. You can see yes. John is struggling, but he still wins out in the end. She can't stop yeah. him. Yeah. And she's basically trying to crawl away. And he he gets her in time. I do love and that. If he's, I do love yeah, that halfway ahead. through the scene, the phone starts ringing, and it keeps cutting down yeah, to Lance Reddick right. waiting for him to pick up. Oh yeah, yeah. And then after he finally like subdues her a little bit, he picks up and he's like, "Mr. Wick, we've had some noise complaints on your floor. Is everything all right?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I'm just finishing something up." Like it's just it's so like the cheekiness here now is when it starts to ramp up, and then like he's out, he's holding her outside, and we hear a voice behind him, "Do I know you?" Yeah, I think yeah. so. He's like, oh, yeah. hey, John. And it's like just a working class <laughs> assassin. I, I think he's Harry was his name. And like, I think yeah. so, yeah. It's just like, uh, could you actually do me a favor? Catch and release. And like, it's a term he immediately understands. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. can take her in, hold her hostage until the right moment and then let her go. Like, it's just, yeah. I love this lingo as the lore start continues to build what, up. What's, it's well written too because it's easy to understand. Yeah. You know, they're not using like made up words right. or something. It's just like that's catch and release. Yeah, I know what that means. They don't need to, need to explain it. Yeah. That's just what it is. It's great. And, you know, speaking to your point about the phone call yeah. cutting back and forth, this, uh, I, I don't think that I had remembered just kind of how goofy and tongue in cheek these movies are. Yeah. Um, but watching it this time, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's not like the sequels that do this. It's right off the bat. Oh, they yeah. are they're like it's serious, but then they they kind of get goofy in the ways I enjoy, yeah. and I think it really really works. But it's a little bit goofy. Like there's some comedic timing involved in yeah. some of these sequences for sure. And um, you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. I like we that. like that. I like when movies aren't just dark for no reason. Yeah." yeah same (laughs) so um doctor oh yeah i did make a note that this the plot of this movie and everything that's going on is just a video game (laughs) because he literally has like a base to go back to and get supplies and heal and stuff like that well it's funny (laughs) being the continental it's funny that you mentioned that if i could derail us a little Um, yes please in uh what was it 2019 they actually made a john wick video game called john wick hex um it was a a, okay a a neo-noir action strategy game turn-based that is a prequel to these movies uh where john wick has to save um 
uh, I'm blanking on Ian, Ian McShane's character name now. Um, but like, oh, yeah. the owner and the front desk person of the Continental, Lance Riddick, get kidnapped by the Hex, which is this like big like syndicate, and John has to go rescue them. And uh, it's on it's on ch- just about every current platform still. Uh, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation Four, and Xbox One, which you can play on the current gen versions of those, and the Nintendo Switch. Um, it's got like the cell shady graphic style and mm-hmm. I've not played it, but after watching this movie again, I looked up the game again because I remembered it and it's got, it got mixed reviews, but everyone I've talked to personally that I trust on the internet have said it's pretty good. And so I might actually pick it up, uh, this oh, week okay. and play it. It's only like 20 bucks. Uh, oh. but it's like a prequel game to the series. And I think it's, that's cool. It just builds out the lore more. It allows yeah. you to be a badass as John Wick. You can like slow time as you're making decisions. Um, if you've played any kind of like tactics or strategy RPG, it's very similar to that. And I just thought it's fun that you mentioned that you're right. This does feel very much like a video game. And then they did actually make a game. Um, this came out in 2019, so it's already several years and there's not been any kind of sequel. I don't know that it's yeah. sold particularly well, but I would be interested in more John Wick video games. I think yeah. it's a cool franchise and it is a lush world. Clearly, like they're making a continental prequel TV series, I believe, is in the works and things like right. that. And so, like, I just think it's funny that you mentioned video games. It's like, actually, yeah. there was a video game a couple of years <laughs> it's ago. It's almost like I. It's all, it almost feels like it's, or what am I trying to say? It's a feels a little surprising that it takes until 2019 for a video de- game to come out. Yeah. I don't know anything about video games. and tr- I know, I mean, I know they're hard to make. They're not easy. <laughs> yeah. But like with how successful the first movie was, you know, they just continue to be more successful. It's like, man, there should have been a video game. Like once they knew this first one was a hit. Like if, but I mean, they might have been working it, on it, but for that yeah, long, I think production-wise, so. that's just like not. Yeah, it's a, not possible. That's not the world we live in. To make a really good game. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the development time tends to run long, and I think the idea was because by the time the second movie was in production, is when they really knew it was going to be a franchise. But when the first one came yeah. out, they had no idea, and so I think that's true. Yeah. I think it just took a while. Also, like games have longer development cycles now than they used to. Uh, also, like, there's this saying that goes around online that I believe in, which is, I want uh, shorter games with worse graphics that take longer to make, because the idea is yeah. like people won't be overworked, not everything has to look realistic, yeah. and I don't want games to be 50 hours. Who's got time for that anymore in real life? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> right. And so, like, yeah. I think probably they probably after when once the second movie was greenlit and probably starting to shoot, they might have started developing this. Yeah. And then it just took till 2019 to come out. True. Yeah. It is very funny, though, that you mentioned that it's strategy and turn-based, though, because I'm I'm assuming, like, right off the bat, John Wick game, okay, it's going to be a first-person action shooter game. Yeah, and it's not. And it's third-person, like, you're top-down choosing the act. But it makes sense, right? Because think about how John is really tactical. Like, yeah. he, yeah, does, he yeah. doesn't just run and gun, right? It's He's running and gunning, but none of it is... Like, he's not spraying and praying, as they say, right? Like, he's no, yeah. calculated. And so for it to be more strategy-based and having to pick each attack makes sense for the kind of combatant that John Wick is. That's true. John Wick Hex, get it wherever you get your games, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and so, like, after this moment, like, Harry just takes takes Miss Perkins in, and then, you know, we don't see Harry mm-hmm. again until a little later. I love that, like, 
it got this vibe of like just just dudes being dudes, right? Like, oh, you need mm-hmm. a, you're all right, John. You need help. Like, I just love that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. feels yeah. very silly considering what's going on, but is perfect for the moment and the tone they're trying to set. Yeah. And then I think we get to the priest section, right? Right. So John that next. Yeah, because John during the scuffle gets Miss Perkins to admit where yes. he can find, like, wants her to say where he can find the dad or the son, and she doesn't know, but she reveals where Vigo's stash is. It's at this church, yes. which is a front for it. And then we get this great scene of John yeah. going to wreck house in this church. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's little old ladies praying in the pews, yeah, and then the, the... I'm, a priest comes up and he, you know, shoots that guy in the he in the kneecap, and it, it's it's great. They like when he he falls down and he reaches out for a pew, you see like tattoos on him. Yeah, and it's like oh, okay, like no part of this church is real. Is real. Yeah. At all. Well, and he immediately starts swearing. Yeah, that's like, true. Which, he does. Yeah, which I mean, of course, if I got shot, I would too. But I, but it just the, I, they're obviously painting like, yeah, everyone's in on this. Yeah, yeah. this is right. not this is not a place of worship. You yeah, know, it's, right. it's 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 just a great moment. I love that. I yeah. also love that this this scene doesn't waste your time. Like after he shoots him, no. all of the guards stand up and he like picks them off one at a time. But it's just one to <laughs> yeah. one to one to one, and they all drop. Like none of them get near him. Yeah, and then he drags this guy into the back. I also love. Like, we get to see John Wick's humanity, right? Like, he's killing all these Uh thugs, but, like, the women in the back counting the money, he just lets Mm -hmm. them go because it's assumed that they're probably working for someone. They probably don't want to be there. They're hysterical, and he just lets them go. Like, he wants to hurt. He mostly wants to hurt Vigo, and probably if the security guards didn't, like, try and come after him, he wouldn't have shot them either. But, like, they were going to go for him. But, like, the women who are clearly unarmed and defenseless in that moment, he lets them go. Right. And like, ugh. and then like, we get to see how scary his like open the open the door. Oh, you don't yeah. know what he'll do to me. And like, he's like, open the door. Like, it's just, ugh. this is this. Yeah, and I do. I agree. Like with the the scene not being very drawn out, and I feel like there sometimes in action movies like this kind of does feel like the part of the movie where it might like like slow down a little bit. Yeah, almost like to catch our breath. And it's like, no, no, no. We don't need to catch our breath. <laughs> Let's just keep going yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. But the the guy opens, yeah, he opens the vault and John burns it he all. He just burns it. Yeah, he's like, what are you yeah, going to do is, with it? And he's like this and just blows yeah. it up. And then, <laughs> yeah. um, and then, okay, wait, what happens right after that? Oh, so then, then he, goes he the chases rope. down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's when he's like chasing the car and he he has the, I don't know what type of gun it is. Oh, the heavy duty thing. He yeah. like is shooting at it. I mean, they're it's like a, a like some sort of shotgun, but way more powerful or something. Because it, it's not like a there's not explosions. Yeah. But anyway, he's pumping, makes the car crash, jumps on the hood. It's bulletproof, <laughs> but he's just blowing through it. Yeah. Until Vigo eventually is like, wait, wait, wait. Oh no, wait. no, no. You're, you're conflating scenes. So we're we're we're, we're missing. Oh, am I? We're, yeah, we're missing. I... We're missing the part where like, so he's shooting all these guys. He's taking out a bunch of folks. Oh yeah. The guy who threw him over the balcony is there trying to stop him, and then eventually gets away while he's shooting at everyone else and spins the car and hits John with it, knocking him out. That's what it is. Yes. And then and then he John wakes up. Yeah, and he's bound. Oh. And this is when Vigo and him get to start to have a heart to heart. 
they find. Oh, they find. so I skipped. <laughs> and they like they try to find a common ground. They're talking, and I yeah. love this schmoozy scene. Like it's really like John's tied up, but like, yeah. but uh-huh. but this like the you know they find the common ground that they're both like in a bad in the wrong place at the wrong time trying to understand each other and he's like but john you know are you back and like my favorite line yeah i'm guessing i'm back is <laughs> yeah. the best line in the whole it's movie so like he's let go he's completely deranged he just wants what he wants uh-huh and he's like well that's a shame and they try to suffocate him and kill him he fights his way out uh-huh. like my favorite part, and that again, Marcus helps him. Right. My favorite that. thing yeah. is yeah. like they're trying to suffocate him, and Marcus shoots the one guy in the shoulder and nicks the bag, and then he uh-huh. just like goes after them both, and it's just it's such a good scene. Kicks all their asses, gets out of the building, and then we get to the scene you were talking about, Michael. Where like <laughs> he sees them drive away, so he runs back in the building, runs the other way, gets to the other side, mm-hmm. and literally stands in front of the car, shoots it, it crashes, jumps on the roof, shoots the guy in the driver's seat, is pointing mm-hmm. it at Vigo, and that's when Vigo gets out. He's and like, it's, whoa, it's whoa, so whoa. good because at the beginning of this movie, Vigo is telling his or is saying like, "I gave this man the impossible job, and he did it." Yeah, and. We're at this part of the movie where this man is basically doing everything he needs to do to make sure his son doesn't die. And he almost like, it's almost, you can see on his face, like for a moment, I thought I did it. Yeah. But it's probably as soon as he sees John with that gun shooting the car, he's like, oh, okay, I guess there's no way out of this. Yeah. Because and, he just is like, my like... son, you can, you can go kill my son. He's at the safe house. Yeah. <laughs> and not to, I mean, this is jumping way ahead, but that speaks to the moment, like at the end of the movie, when there's the big car chase, which we'll talk about a l- more in a second. But the whole time, Vigo's just like laughing and yeah. he knows that it's over. He's right. just yeah. like, I may as well enjoy the ride at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wh- whatever, I guess. And, and he's just kind of thinking that everyone's silly for thinking they're going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is here is like he's, he, he, he knows that he has to do this to survive. And so he tells him. But at this point, it's clear that John is completely unhinged. He's completely yeah. like yeah. John Wick has lo- not lost it, but is like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Vigo's yeah. not quite there yet. He thinks he's still in control because he gave up his son. Yeah. And now he's going to go. We're going to find out later. He's going to make plans to punish someone else who is mm-hmm. the reason why his son's about to die. Um, and then we get to see, I love when unnamed video games are in yeah, in in a game, in a movie that could be a video oh, game. Oh, yeah. But before we get there, then we cut back to the hotel. We find out that, you know, mm-hmm. we get to see Harry still babysitting Miss Perkins. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Harry lets his guard down. Miss Perkins mm-hmm. is crafty. Dislocates her thumb. Oh, and escapes. Yeah, that's gnarly. And then uh, shoots him and takes his gold coin that uh, yeah. John gave him to watch her and escapes. Um, yep. And we'll hear more from her later. But then, yeah, we get to mm-hmm. see John planning to go into this place. And while he is, they keep showing inside, you know, clearly uh, Yosef is a wreck at this point, And one of his friends is playing a video game very loudly. What's funny to me is he's got headphones on. <laughs> right, right. Playing the game, but the game can be heard. Mm-hmm. How, if he's wearing headphones, typically the headphones are like, why is he wearing the headphones then? <laughs> what are the headphones for? If the game is playing over the TV speakers, right? It's just things, now, I'm, things like that. I'm not saying video game. You're alter. wrong by any mean, because I think I think you're right. But is there is there a chance that that Yusuf is is reacting to just 
the, the visuals, the visuals and be. not the audio. Could be, but, but we're, we're still hearing, hearing the, the audio, game. right? But we're hearing the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's just them look, messing up. <laughs> my, the thing I hate most about loving video games as much as I do is whenever video games are featured in a commercial or TV show or a movie is you can always immediately pick out the issues. Like most video game controllers light up now on some level or another. Like the back yeah. of the PS4 and PS5 controllers light up. Like, And so I'll see commercials with this guy playing a game, but his controller <laughs> light's not on. And I'm like, yeah. all right, okay, I see. But I love this yeah, game yeah. that they're only showing for 30 seconds at a time. Might have been a real game. I have no idea what game it yeah. was. I couldn't peg what it was. Um, uh, but yeah, this uh, is getting more and more, more like nervous, uh, like mm -hmm. nervous wreck watching this game, even yelling at his friend, can you stop? All the while, John is picking off snipers, checking in as one of the snipers when they, they mm -hmm. ask for reports, then picking yeah, people yeah. off. And then like when Yosef is at his wit's end, yelling for him to turn it off, then his friend gets sniped by John Wick and all hell yeah. breaks loose. Yeah. And like this scene, I think I would expect to have been longer too. Yes. Yeah. But it's pretty quick. Pretty streamlined to the point where then and he's chasing out Yosef and then the scene you were talking about. like Yeah. He just... He, he just we walks don't even, up, we, the guy, he's like begging, you know, well, we saying I'm really sorry. We don't see him because we don't see his face. Yeah. Like they don't even give the guy the dignity, which I mean, obviously he doesn't have yeah. to like show us him dying. Yeah. John just walks up to him, shoots him, walks away, job done. Now this is smart too. And I'm assuming this is probably in the script and whatnot. So give, give credit to Derek on this. Uh, I just think it's smart that they didn't think to themselves, okay. This is, you know, the guy we have to, even though we've seen how powerful and crazy and intense John Wick is, we have to figure out a way to level the playing field or to make Yosef all of a sudden like really good at knife yeah. fighting or something right. like and that. They don't do They're that. just like, nope, John yeah. Wick shoots him, walks away. That's it. Well, what I love yep. about this moment, too, is like, because he's about to beg, he shoots him in the stomach and then just shoots him in the head. Like, he doesn't even let him speak. Yeah. And then walks away and he calls Marcus and they talk and he talks about how he's done and he's going to, he's out this time. They show him checking out of the Continental. And like, all this time, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I guess the movie's about to end, right? But if you're looking at the time, like, if you're in the theater, you think, oh, the movie's about to end. But watching it yeah, at yeah. home, it's like, oh, there's still 20 minutes. I wonder what else is going to happen. And, like, it's really smart writing. Like, this is meant to be a first mm -hmm. resolution, a first ending. And, like, he's mm -hmm. checking out of the hotel. They give him a car to apologize for everything that happens with Miss Perkins, which is really funny. Mm -hmm. And then he's talking to his friend Marcus. He's like, he's going to just go. He's going to live his life. And then, you know, they cut back to Marcus, and we see him suddenly surrounded by guys. And we find mm -hmm. out that what Vigo was planning previously is to make Marcus pay because he realized Marcus was helping John instead of hunting him, yep. even though he was hired to hunt him. Yep. Yeah. And Miss Perkins is there too. Yep. Working for Vigo now. Obviously. And they they essentially torture Marcus. Yep. Before I guess putting him out of his misery. No, but he he breaks out and they're and forcing yeah. them to kill him prematurely because he says, I'm gonna go out on my own terms. Yeah. Right. So he gets that arc where he gets to say like it's my own terms and then he gets shot in the head yeah and even when mm -hmm. they shoot him the first time and he's like clearly bleeding out he's like i told you and then he shoots him a bunch more times um and then this is when uh i believe vigo calls john to tell him what he did yes and john yeah. immediately spins the car around to rush back 
Uh, yes. And then gets there after his friend is already dead. And like, you know, oh, I see where this is going. Now John has a reason mm-hmm. to kill Vigo as well. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's efficient storytelling. So is it after this, Miss Perkins is wrapped up? So what happens is John is there and then he gets a, then they cut to Miss Perkins uh, getting a call and having to report somewhere. And that's when we find out that she's violated the Continental. Ian McShane yep. is going to take her out because he's revoked yep. her pass to the Continental. And then he calls John and he's like, I'm not supposed to take sides and we're supposed to remain neutral. Right. And that's why I'm not telling you that a certain someone has chartered a helicopter at this dock at this time. And then, and then John goes after him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So then we get the, the another resolution, like that other wrap up. Yep. So they're, yeah. So, oh wait. Yeah. That's just the next part, right? I don't know which part you're about to say. When John goes to Vigo. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we, we, we talked about Perkins getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. We just said that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> like the car chase scene that you were talking about, Micah. Yep. Yeah. Big, big, nice car ch- chase scene. And there are shots where it is very clear that Keanu is behind the wheel. Yeah. And it is not a stunt yes. double. Absolutely. I'm sure there are many shots that he did not do, but he's doing a lot. Yeah. I, I read that some, somewhere somebody said, I don't know if it was him or the directors, that he did around 90% of his stunts for this movie. Yep. Wow. Yep. I mean that's crazy. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, but like that shot <laughs> where the guy's behind a barricade and he's shooting him, and he drifts the car around so that he can shoot him. Yeah, yeah. I just, mean, get out of town. It's so good, and like this whole time when he's chasing, like, um, oh, what's his name, Dean? The actor's name is Dean. Uh, Avi is Avi, like yeah. scrambling. Does anyone have a gun? Someone shoot him. What's going on? And the entire time, Vigo's just laughing at this point. He's like, yeah, yeah. He and knows, he gives him his gun. He knows. Well, my favorite thing is he does the cheeky, like the cheekiness is back. Like when they've already crashed, they can't get out. They also crashed into John, but John's repositioning. Mm-hmm. Avi's like, do you have a gun? And he he goes to hand him his gun and then he pulls it back and then he hands it, <laughs> yeah, pulls that's it back. Right. And then Avi grabs it and goes <laughs> to try and stop him. And of course gets murked by, uh, by John Wick. And like, that one's mm-hmm. really good too. Like, he shoots him and then he comes around mm-hmm. and like sm- like s- turns the car into him and puts him like through the window uh-huh. or whatever. Like it's just. Yeah. <laughs> it's so brutal. It's... I mean, there's one guy he hits and as he's going over the roof, he's shooting him. Yeah. As he's rolling <laughs> over the roof. Yeah. Yeah. It, it... But then now we're, it's the last fight, right? Yeah. This we're is... talking fist fighting now. Yeah. It's final battle. This is the worst rain I've ever seen in movies. Like it's clear that they're being hosed. <laughs> Which is a shame. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. But, it, but yeah. it, like, like when, especially when, later on in the scene when they're sitting on the ground, like it's clear someone's standing at like thirty miles with a big hose, like just spraying. <laughs> yeah. But like, but either way, yeah, this is like uh, John gets out of the car. It looks like he might be out of ammo, and this is where Vigo goes, "No more guns. It's just us. Yeah, just fists. Yep. And John repeats him, "Just fists. No guns. Yeah. And then they fight. They they fist fight. Um, eventually Vigo pulls now, out a knife. Yeah. I I will say, I think this is like, the, and, and maybe I'm alone on this, but I do think this is the worst part of the movie on a personal level. Is it anticlimactic to you? It's very anticlimactic. And I, I even, I once saw, um, there, I don't watch these anymore, but you know, like honest trailers yeah, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. They, they had the director on 
to like review their honest trailer of this movie. Yeah. Okay. And they paused it, and the director Chad was like, because they made fun of the final fight, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I mean, to be like totally honest." When you've done that much in the movie, you kind of just have to like turn on rain and have people f- like yeah. punch. Like, <laughs> like there was... he he himself is saying like I know it's not very good. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to do. Oh, I did forget to mention before, very briefly, when Willem Dafoe's character Marcus was being tortured, mm-hmm. they played Killing Strangers again. Like during that whole set. Oh that's yeah, right. and so like that's how you. The first time they played it, it was when he was there, and then they played it a second time. Like when he was being hired, they played it, and then when he was being essentially fired, they played it. And I thought right. that was really good foreshadowing. Um, I would agree that this final scene was anticlimactic, but that said, I wasn't disappointed. I think it's 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 fine. I don't I don't really I don't yeah. I didn't feel negatively about it. Also, I agree. Like, there's got to be a come down eventually, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and considering the final fights in the other movies, which y'all will get to, like. Those I feel like are almost too comical or cartoony by comparison in the opposite way, you know? Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, not that that's a bad thing either, but yeah, I, I would agree with you, Micah. I think that the it's a little anticlimactic, but I like that we get to see them kind of like scrap, like they're both at their wits end. They're both hurting. Mm-hmm. They've both got nothing <laughs> left in the tank. And even when Vigo mm-hmm. pulls out the knife, like it's very, um, like they fumble. This, this isn't, choreographed in the same way because they want to show these two men are at their at the end of their rope they've got almost Uh nothing left to give well and and, i mean that's kind of just an action movie problem it's hard to do make the last fight the very last fight the best right Mm -hmm. you know it's it's rare that you have an I am Iron Man snapping fingers moment where you're like, oh yeah, that pays off 23 movies. Cool. That is cooler than anything else. Right. You rarely get that. Correct. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, but you know, we're here, we're analyzing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that doesn't change how I feel about this movie. No, not at all. What I love about this (laughs) is like after that happens and he gets up and starts to walk away, it jumps to past the point that the movie started. Usually they like bring you all the way back to that point. But this jumps to just after John's already had passed out. His wife's video is still playing. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Over the video. And it's, it's almost like he was remembering it like and wakes up. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Almost. And like, and then goes into this building. We don't know what it is. Turns out it's like a, a dog hospital or a vet, like a veterinary Something clinic, like some that. kind of clinic. Yeah. So he can like stitch himself back up. And oh, then, yeah, stapling himself. Jeez. Oh, and then he, yeah. we hear whimpering and we know what's happening. Mm-hmm. He looks at this cute little pit bull puppy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pulls him right out of the cage. And then, like, the movie ends with just him staggering, hunched over, holding himself with this dog running every which way. So excited to be out. <laughs> yeah. Excited to have yeah. a friend. Like, yeah. And then the movie ends. And I think it's just such a great dichotomy to how the movie started. It's just yeah. wild. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I could have, like, that could have been the end of this franchise for me. Like, I think that's a totally. satisfactory yeah. ending. That said, mm-hmm. I do love the trilogy. Um, but like mm-hmm. I love, I I just love the lack of energy of John Wick versus the extra energy of this Pitbull puppy. And as someone who's yeah. played with Pitbulls before and loves Pitbulls, like they have that kind of energy. Like that, they didn't have yeah. to teach the dog to do that. That was the dog <laughs> being the dog. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sweet. So now, now that we're at the end, I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly. 
we can't say this yet, okay. but I'm curious what you put as a ranking for yourself on the John Wick movies. Oh, that's such a good question. I like <laughs> it's well because also I haven't seen them all since I went on that like trilogy escapade with my spouse. Right. And this the first one is the only one I've rewatched now today. I mean, I I think I I think one and two are like neck and neck. I think I'd have to watch two again. Yeah. I think three is my least favorite. Yeah. Only because, like I said, the final fight in that third movie, which you guys will get to, like that whole third movie just feels over the top, right? It's like mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot more mindless gun play and arsenal like gun shooting than the other movies have. Um, you know, the 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 second movie also the bad guy in the second movie is so good and like is such mm-hmm. a is also very comical in in the right ways and i think it's the second movie that has like the knife the knife room fight scene like which is very good i think that's the third one i don't know maybe i can't remember no, the, the third one the third the, one's the, got the, the beginning yeah. of the third one that's the beginning of the, the axe one. and all that yeah. stuff yeah yeah um stabbing the guy in the eye yeah, yeah. like I think all of them are just great, and it's hard to rank one better than the other. But I, if I, yeah, gun to my head, I would rank it probably <laughs> two, one, three, would be my ranking. Okay, okay, cool, very cool. cool. Well, hey, I think we did it. I think mm-hmm. we did it. I think we did it. But now we got to hear a little bit from you and what you're up to and where people can find you and follow you and all that jazz. Well, first, I want to thank you both for having me on the Macaw Universe podcast. Um, I am a big fan of the show. I love what you both do. I was very happy to have you all on Screen Snark, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Maybe I'll come back sometime in the far-flung future. Look, if y'all, oh, yes. if y'all ever want oh, to definitely. talk to someone who unironically loves both Venom movies, I'm your guy <laughs> because I do, and I would argue that they're good movies, and I'm happy to talk about why. Anyway, okay, okay, that's, we'll put we'll put that in my in the memory bank here. But uh, we haven't covered that yet, so I am again Matt A.K. Stormageddon. You can find me on most platforms at DJ underscore Stormageddon. You can find everything that I do at djstormageddon.com. I am a podcast host and producer. I'm a DJ and I'm a Twitch streamer. Um, I currently host four podcasts and produce nine podcasts because I hate free time and I'm a crazy person. Um, (laughs) The podcast that you should start with is my incredible TV and movie podcast, Screen Snark, uh, which I host with the incredible Rachel Quirky Shank, who uh, we had Jordan and Micah as guests. Um, Y'all talked about The Sopranos. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember what I talked about, but I'm sure it was great. We talked about Cowboy Bebop at one yeah. point. Oh, yeah. Oh, you of talked course. about The Last Showman. Oh, I did. Showman. Rachel talked about Cowboy Bebop. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And I should update you. We have since uh, finished watching The Sopranos. Oh, great. Final, final verdict? It was the best. It was the best. Okay. It. I mean, yeah. it's an easy number one slash two of shows I've seen. All right. All right. Like very easy for me. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> um, and then, but yeah, I also host a video game podcast called Fun and Games with my co-host Jeff, where we talk about different topics in the games industry. I have tons of great guests like Yuri Lowenthal, who's the current voice of Spider-Man in the video games. Um, and is oh. a well-known actor and video game voice actor and anime voice actor. He's Sasuke in the Naruto series, things like that. Um, I do a Mass Effect retrospective podcast with my incredible co-host, Frank 
Loki, Bradley the Strange. We finished the Mass Effect trilogy and we've moved on to Mass Effect Andromeda, the newest game in the franchise, which I have never played, but my co-host has. So that's a new interesting wrinkle on that. And then I have an interview podcast that I will at some point have you both on called uh, CPOV Autographs, where I interview podcasters, comedians, actors, actresses, musicians, all sorts of folks in the arts to just kind of get a little background on the kind of cool stuff that they do and give a place to feature indie artists who are doing really cool work. Um, uh, Mike, I know you're a musician as well. And so I feel like an opportunity to spotlight a musician is always fun for me as I'm a giant music nerd. Um, and I think that's really it. Uh, I don't, I don't, Again, if all of that was too much and was really overwhelming, then I'm just going to redirect you again to djstormageddon.com. Super easy. Everything is there, including my merch page and my Kofi and like all of my podcasts. And uh, again, DJ underscore Stormageddon, you type that into to Google, you'll probably find me on most platforms. So yeah. Yeah. There's something for everyone. Something for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think I so. I am, yeah, uh, you have not put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> I have not. And what's funny is I used to have a music podcast that I desperately missed that it says on indefinite hiatus, which is a nice way of saying it's never coming back because we just don't have, <laughs> yeah. me and my co-hosts don't have the time to do it anymore. Um, so I don't have a music podcast anymore. But I think if I start any more podcasts that I host, my spouse will kick me in the head because like I just I have no time as it is. Uh, yeah. Um, also, I should say, if you're looking for help producing a podcast, uh, I do podcast production and you can absolutely hire me. Um, you can feel free to email me about my rates and that kind of thing. Uh, I'm trying to do more freelance work. And so, uh, you know, Great. if you're interested in that kind of thing, please reach out. Dang. Do it, people. <laughs> well, and, and if if again, if it was overwhelming, a great place to start is the screen snark starring Jordan and I. Yes, because yeah. then then you're in comfortable waters, and then you can be like, I enjoyed Matt. I enjoyed Rachel on the Batman and Robin episode. Okay, now I'm I'm waiting in the pool. I can continue. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good advice. Definitely. Sometimes that's how it has to. That's how it has to be with me with podcasts. Usually, oh yeah, you get comfortable I... with a person, and then you like that person, and then you. Mm-hmm all over the place yeah so thank you for being on the show thank this was so, much. so much fun this i think this no i think this is like the third episode of the new year <laughs> second or third but wow. uh, listeners i think next week we're covering the new scream movie i think but i'm not sure but we'll be revisiting scream and then when it comes out well, I know I it comes out in January. Great. Anyway, <laughs> scream and John Wick this month. Let's go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>